believe we have some uh, public speakers, and I understand that Sharon Morris is the first one, please. Hello. Good evening, everybody. Councillors, it is with a sense of great disappointment that I am before you this evening. I'm sure that you all entered public service with the best of intentions because you wanted to make our district a better place, because you wanted to make a real difference to our lives. We, the residents of Uttlesford, voted for you because we believed you when you told us that you would represent us to the best of your abilities. However, it has become increasingly obvious that certain councillors have failed in their duties and they have failed us. They have failed to listen to the many, many well-researched, educated and intelligent individuals and groups who pointed out again and again serious flaws in their decision-making and their plan. The collective noise of those individuals and groups got so loud that these councillors decided not to hear it, let alone listen to it, and barred us from having any voice at all. These councillors, not content with ignoring us, ignored the government too, and rode roughshod over rules and guidelines set out in the MPPF. As a resident, I am deeply ashamed of this debacle. It has not shown our wonderful district in a very good light. To be one of only 15 plans to have been rejected so completely by the planning inspector as to be unrepairable within six months is shameful. There is no joy in victory, no triumph in we told you so. Damage has been done and an unreserved apology is overdue. Our community has suffered, is suffering and will continue to suffer as the effects of the poor planning decisions made are felt and continue to be felt for many years to come. Councillors, it is time to decide whose side are you really on. Where do your allegiances really lie? to the residents who voted for you, who you made a commitment to in 2011, or to those councillors who led us all down this sorry path. Today, you have a chance to do the right thing, to show us you are serious about listening, to show us that you now intend to consult properly, to debate openly, and to decide fairly. I hope you all make a decision that allows you to sleep soundly tonight. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Ms. Morris. Uh, I believe the next person is Neil Hargreaves. Oh. Again. I think our council leader must be a Monty Python fan. Uh, the inspector declared the local plan to be definitely deceased, but Councillor Rolf says it is not dead, it's just resting. But this is not the dead parrot sketch, and it's not funny. Not for the people of Elsnam and Henham, suffering the cost and worry of planning blight. Not for residents paying out hundreds of thousands of pounds to fight planning applications which this council failed to protect them from. 
So how much has this rejected plan cost us? We've asked for a full analysis, but from the details already available, it looks like over eight years, it may have cost up to £4 million. Here's an example. In 2009, UDC commissioned a consultant for £52,000 to investigate our sewage systems. They reported that most of our sewage networks are in a dire condition. Other words are available. Uh, five years later, where's the remediation plan? Nowhere. So what's the point of paying experts and then ignoring them? But there is a little ray of sunshine here. Um, they said just one area near here has a good system. And guess where? Great Chesterford. You couldn't make it up. With these wasted millions, we could have had um, free car parking for everyone for seven years. That would be good for business. Or we could have had a council tax holiday for a year. That would be nice. And there's yet more financial mess. The council is holding £19 million of reserves. Even taking a most careful view of what's needed, that's about £4 million too much. Some of the reserves are duplicates. Some have descriptions so vague you could use them for anything, and some just look unnecessary. Breaking news today, of course, the government is going to give even more cash to Uttlesford. So, this council has squandered £4 million on the local plan and scrawled away another £4 million on top, so that's £8 million of taxpayers' cash, enough for 70 more council houses. Uh, finally, in that popular periodical Uttlesford Life, um, Councillor Rolf tells us that fiscal prudence and good value will always remain core objectives. Your money should be used in accordance with your wishes. Please, therefore, will he and Councillor Barker explain whether they still think this money was spent in accordance with residents' wishes and how wasting £4 million is fiscally prudent and good value. We look forward to their answers. Thank you very much, Mr Hargreaves. I think we have Richard Gilead next. <coughs> Mr Chairman, councillors. First, may I thank all the people who have come here tonight. They really care about what happens here because this is our council. But sadly, we no longer trust you. You have made big decisions behind closed doors and when we protested, you ignored us. You have used our money to fight us and you have forced us to use more of our own money to fight back. This has got to stop. Thousands of your constituents took the trouble to write to you to object and it turns out we were right all along. When we came here to let you know how we felt, you told us to shut up or get out. There is a small minority of people here who act as if they were elected to rule over us, not to serve us. That makes us angry, very angry. Your vote tonight is about leadership. Leadership isn't about telling people what to do. It's about creating a plan that people are willing to follow. True leaders consult widely to create consensus and take people with them. We remember coming to this chamber and being told that a consultation is not a referendum. Well, we have some important news for you. A big vote is coming in May 
2015, and it may not be called a referendum either. But one thing we can promise you, it will surely be a day of reckoning. You have to decide tonight on a vote of no confidence in two councillors, but in a few months' time, we will have a vote of no confidence in every one of you who chooses to keep this failed council cabinet in power. Thank you. Thank you, Mr Gillard. I think we have Stephen Williams next, please. Thank you, Mr Chairman. This side used to house the hospital, looking after constituents' welfare with dedicated professionals caring for their wards. As for the wards now being served from here, your wards from this building, so little professionalism. It seems to have taken on the role of a lunatic asylum, bedlam in fact, with those in charge seemingly having no feelings of responsibility, rejecting applications until they are presenting for appeal and immune to now confirmed criticism for this risible outcome with the local plan and not the faintest idea of where we go from here. Ah yes, says Councillor Eden, it now gives the community more time to let us know what they want and to amend the plan. A bit like asking the mortuary attendant what the cadavers would like for Christmas. The local plan is not smelling a bit rotten, it is dead. You were wrong, you didn't listen. You were wrong, yet show no remorse. You were wrong, yet you don't claim responsibility. You're simply hiding behind your portfolios. But as you all know, I suggested earlier this week, Sue Barker should stand down. That new brooms could be the order of the day, ignored. So are you so impervious to what is right? The intransigence, the arrogance we witness here is simply breathtaking, which also suggests that the leadership and members are somewhat oblivious to the outrage out there in the community. The populace tell me every day that you should not only fall on your swords, but explain why this hasn't already happened. Increase housing. Infrastructure was irrelevant. Uh, increase... A business development officer with no obvious businesses developing. Who cared or cares a jot about jobs for our young in the town? A town which bleeds every morning down Sparazen Hill and up Wind Hill. Whilst you enjoy Christmas dinner, have a thought for the long-term and well-respected joiner on the Ridgeon site who is dismantling his business as we speak and has been forced to store-sell his large machinery as he cannot find a local alternative site with not a development officer in sight. It is also obvious that this council has certainly not been well served by its senior officers. And I publicly rebuke, as we examine this fiasco, the planning officer, Andrew Taylor, who should be asked to unsuccessfully reapply for his post, together with an early exit for the chief executive, both major architects of this debacle and something which we, the ratepayers, will be paying for years to come. And this leads me finally to the unstable ground you have all contributed to, and we do have a potential quagmire. With you all stalling under the guise of wait on the full report, praying it is delayed until late in the new year, we need to change the wheels of this body in order to move this authority forward in a new and right direction. Are you listening? Are you really? It's our community entrusted to you. Step up to the plate even at this late hour. Thank you. Thank you, Mr Williams. Uh, okay. Uh, 
The next uh, item is apologies for absence and declarations of interest. I have an apology from Councillor Knight. Is there any other uh, apologies? Chairman, could I declare an interest as a member of Essex County Council? Okay, any more declarations of interest? No? Good. Okay, we'll move on to the minutes of the 21st of October. Um, we'll move on to the uh, 21st of October minutes. Um, does anybody ha have any issues with those minutes, or shall I sign them as a correct record? All okay? I did attempt to give my apologies for, for, for not being present. I was um, unavoidably elsewhere in the country, um, and um, my apologies don't seem to have found their way in there. But um, I suppose if someone didn't apologise on my behalf formally at the meeting, that doesn't count. But I did send an email subsequently to explain that that person hadn't done so. I'm sure we can do that. Anybody else? Councillor Macmillan? Are we including, uh, are we on to page 12 yet? Right, am I too soon? Your correction is? Uh, for uh, C47 membership of committees and working groups, I've spoken to uh, Mr Snow about this. Um, could you substitute um. Councillor Parry for me on the scrutiny committee? Uh, no, on the uh, performance, performance and audit, sorry. My apologies. Okay, can we note that? Okay. Any other corrections? No, that's good. Both seconded? Yes. Okay, agreed. Yes, okay. Minutes of the meeting held on the 11th of November. Any corrections? Jolly good. No. Proposed? Seconded? Yes. Agreed? Excellent. Thank you. Any matters arising from those, uh, from those minutes? Excellent. Uh, we now move to item four, which I believe is a report from the Independent Remuneration Panel. Uh, and I, this is uh, Jackie, Jackie Anslow. Anslow. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Also, thanks to councillors for their input and special acknowledgement to officers and colleagues for their contributions to the preparation of this report. I am confident that the report's text will make clear our thought processes in coming to this year's recommendations, and I will try and satisfy any queries that may arise. However, I would emphasise the following. Next year, the number of councillors will reduce, thus providing us with certainty of a budget reduction within which adjustment can be made to reflect duties and responsibilities decided by the council after the election that we used research to find local authorities which most reflected the character of Uttersford, with East Hearts coming close to our demographic, which also seems to remunerate members at a similar level for what appears to be similar functions. We have also taken account of councillors' workloads within their current and future roles. 
opposition leaders could be seen to carry a level of responsibility not reflected in those allowances. We have shared our thoughts on the professionalism of civic duty and speculated on the use of job descriptions and performance management. Hopefully, we've found enough givens, made realistic comparisons, noted developing practice and listened to those councillors we were able to see. As stated in the report, we have not recommended uplifting allowances this year as we set any, any increases against ex executive members having autonomy within their allotted budgets. This is not a judgment on the way this collegiate model has developed, but merely an outcome we have not been able to match against the criterion we set at the beginning of the process. Finally, post-May 2015, it may be the case that a review takes place to work on any inconsistencies that have arisen with the adoption of a Cabinet, if this is the next Administration's preferred model. Thank you, Councillor. Thank you very much for Thank that. Uh, are there any questions of, uh, of Jackie? And Councillor Dean. Reading this report and um, also the report which came from your panel last year, I got the very strong message that the cabinet that we have in place at the moment is, is, is a glorified committee. Uh, and what do I mean by that? In, in the old days, before the cabinet was introduced, all members of this committee were, sorry, of this council were on committees on various subjects, mm -hmm. um, and they didn't get paid extra no. for being on a committee. What we have today, it would appear, is, is a cabinet which is nothing much more than a committee. Uh, and I'm reading this report, the. Um, the members of that committee don't take any individual responsibilities, they don't take any individual decisions in this authority, unlike in other authorities. Am I, I'm a, am I correct in what I say there, first of all? I want to just make a comment afterwards. But. Well, we, we can only assume when we've looked at similar models that they are doing what they say they are doing, that members have autonomy and that they are allowed to come to decisions within the limit of their budgetary responsibility. But we, we can't be categoric and say they don't have a way of supporting one another's decisions. We don't know. I mean, this is an evolving model, isn't it? Um, we know what the old committee system was about. We did suspect when it came in there might be a sense of um, backbenchers feeling disenfranchised. Um, and don't forget, this is something that your administration or this administration has chosen to do. And within that choice, um, how you carry out the practice, I would think, is up to you. I mean, we, we as a, a panel can't be... Um, seem to involve ourselves in operational matters. But we have set that acting with autonomy within your budgetary constraints as a measure for us to come up against because, frankly, it's like knitting fog. You know, some things are givens that we can look on and, and rely on to give us some guidance, but it's evolving. 
you know, and you're finding different ways of working within that. But we, we have said that we will continue to look at this. We, we do appreciate that there, there is difficulty and conflict, and obviously you've had the, um, an audit on the, on the decision-making, haven't you, which may give us some guidance as well as to how well that's working. A supplementary question. I mean, I'm right in thinking, uh, am I not, that um, last year, you, or previously, you'd made a recommendation that there should be a progress on the remuneration of cabinet members or members of the executive. And last year, they received a, a 25% increase, and that mm. was on the expectation that they would move towards uh, greater right. autonomy and, and greater responsibility. Mm. And, and from what I'm reading in this report, you, can't, you haven't found the evidence that that is happening, and hence you're recommending right. zero increase this year. Yes, that's yeah, correct, right. when, when we've finished answering questions, Mr Chairman, I'd like to come back and make a comment about that. Okay, I mean, I would remind you this is not a critique of the committee system. This is a, a discussion about remuneration. So, so do you have no, we have to make a decision. Councillor Rolfe. Well, first of all, I'd like to uh, thank the remuneration uh, committee for their work. Uh, you are independent of the council, and, and I think it's very important. This is a benign year. There's nothing particularly controversial in mm. what you put forward. So I think this is an opportunity to say uh, that uh, we should listen very carefully to you, uh, maybe on other occasions when you're uh, putting forward something that is less benign, uh, that uh, we should listen so that we don't get ourselves into the mess that uh, members of Parliament have got themselves into. Uh, so thank you for your effort. Um, you. As far as uh, Councillor Dean's point, um, we, the, the Cabinet is a collegiate one as opposed to the model they have at Essex County Council where individuals take the particular responsibility. But that doesn't actually dilute the time and effort that goes into being a member of the Cabinet. Now, there may well be those in this uh, chamber this evening who don't uh, agree with what they're doing. That's a slightly different point to the fact that they actually do it. Um, and uh, I think uh, what was set up uh, two years ago reflected uh, the effort that goes into that. But we're fairly content that uh, this year there's no increase and we look forward to your recommendations which I strongly suggest are on a non-political uh, basis and hopefully we can uh, look on this together that what your recommendations say next year and we have no idea what they might be that we broadly take them uh, in full uh, so that uh, the, the model of independence around remuneration is followed through. Thank you, Chairman. Uh, any more comments before I take a proposal and a seconder? Can I have a proposal and a seconder to... Can I have a proposal and a seconder for the... We have a proposal and a seconder for the, to accept the report. I'd like to make amendment that in view of the lack of progress in the way in which the Cabinet offers, operates and, and takes greater individual responsibility, bearing in mind that old-style committees were collegiate and we hear that the new-style Cabinet is collegiate but gets paid £6,000 that previous committee members didn't get paid, I, I would like to propose that the 25% increase and the other increases to the, um, to the members of the Cabinet last year are withdrawn for the coming 12 months. In other words, we revert to the, the, the amounts that applied the year before last. 
Well, sorry, the year before, but last year. <laughs> Do we have a second up your amendment? Can we vote on the amendment? Sorry? Well, does anybody want to debate it? Well, I may, uh, Chairman, just repeat what I've just said. I mean, uh, we ask a remuneration committee to put forward suggestions. Uh, it went through council last year. Um, so to go back 12 months seems a quite breathtaking uh, suggestion and, and clearly just politically motivated. My point is not, it's, uh, as I say, uh, uh, the people in this chamber tonight won't necessarily all be convinced that what we decide is the right decision, but that, that, that uh, is not the key point. So I very much oppose this amendment. Um, can I suggest we, uh, we vote on the amendment? Those in favour of the amendment, please. Those against the amendment, please. Uh, shall we vote on the accepting the report then, as is? Those in favour? Those against? Independent report is uh, accepted. Thank you. Uh, moving on to the next item. Yes, I will do, yes. Thank you very much indeed, uh, Jackie Anslow. Thank you. Excellent. Um, the, um, the next item is my announcements. Uh, I don't only have one announcement, and that is I had a very constructive meeting with the uh, with the Army at uh, Carver Barracks, along with uh, Councillors Eden and Knight, uh, revolving the uh, community covenant concerning sports facilities at the barracks and it was very constructive and I'd like to thank the Chief Executive and those councillors for attending that meeting. That was very good. Um, the next item is six, is reports from the leader and members of the executive. I would add that after this we're going to jump straight to item 11 which is the local plan examination which I think will, uh, will speed matters along. So uh, item 6 is reports from the Leader and members of the Executive. Thank you, Chairman. And uh, I've just got three things I'd like to say. First of all, I'm sure uh, members and probably uh, those in the audience would like to know how Uttleford got on in the settlement that was announced today. Uh, as you probably know, nationally it was a 1.8% decrease. Um, we're looking at a marginal increase of 3.1, um, which is good news. Uh, so obviously that enables us to fulfil the objectives uh, of the Council and to stay pretty much on course uh, with our medium-term financial strategy. Um, I'm also pleased to report that uh, the um, consultants that we employed to look at two areas uh, are underway and we would hope to have their reports back in January. Uh, if you'll remember, they're looking at car parking across Uttlesford. That's looking at capacity, suitability... Uh, sufficient uh, car parking to make sure that uh, uh, the 
economic energy of our high streets is maintained and I know it's something that the scrutiny committee have previously looked at and uh, we hope that the two, the scrutiny report and uh, this report will chime together so we can come up with a very clear strategy on car parking. Uh, the second uh, area that consultants are looking at is business accommodation. I don't know what kind of accommodation until we've had the outcome of the report. It, it might be something for start-up units, it might be office space, it might even be uh, uh, larger warehousing. But to, again, to maintain the economic energy of our community, uh, we need to make sure that we've got the right capacity, so we look forward to that report, which also should come through in January. Um, finally, in, in this uh, subject of... Um, uh, economic development. I'm pleased to report um, that uh, Linda Howells has joined Simon Jackson. Uh, this is an increasing area, economic development, uh, and all the indications are that our revenues will become more dependent on business rates and the growth of business rates, uh, but it's not just for that reason. As I said, uh, economic energy is a lifeblood of our community. There's an awful lot to do. Uh, I, I obviously disagree with uh, some of Mr Williams' comments. Uh, I think we're making good progress, but there's a, there, is, there is a lot to do, and... Um, Ms. Willi uh, Howells will be looking particularly at the town teams, which have made a good start, but we want to extend them and to make sure they're vibrant and energetic. The third thing I'd like to announce, uh, uh, Chairman, is uh, what I said at Cabinet the morning after the inspector's report, uh, which is that we will remodel the working group that looks at the local plan. It will have a new name. I don't have one this evening, but it will have a new name. It will meet in public, uh, and there will be time for public speakers, and the next meeting will take place in January. Uh, it will be cross-party if the other parties wish to come along, um, and uh, that will include an independent, and that will include a resident for Uttlesford candidate as well. So it will be strictly cross-party and will include the residents' groups. We'll meet in the evening to better facil facilitate attendance, and it will only contain two cabinet members, myself and the portfolio holder. So I hope that will be a representative group that will be transparent and will do what some of the speakers said earlier, but we all aspire to in any case, uh, which is objectivity and transparency. Thank you, Chairman. Thank you, Chairman. Chairman, just to inform members that since the last meeting of the Council, there have been a number of formal items that I've taken to Cabinet. These have included um, the wonderful conservation area appraisals for Bentfield Green, for Hazel End and for Elmden. There have also been proposals on Christmas parking arrangements and a report on the Gypsy and Traveller consultation. There have been two papers in respect of the Lavender Field flood relief scheme here in Saffron Walden to help those residents badly affected by the floods earlier in the year as well as the arrangements for a land swap to enable the redevelopment of Waitrose and the associated car park in 2015. Cabinet has also had to revise the developer's contribution guidance in light of advice from government. This guidance now, unfortunately, allows developers to build up to 10 houses in our towns, that's in Great Dunmo, in Saffron Walden and in Stansted, with no requirement for any affordable housing element or any financial contribution. The limit in the other rural areas is lower at five houses, but nevertheless will impact greatly on our ability to provide much-needed affordable housing. I do appreciate the government wants to stimulate growth, but I'm not sure that this is a very good way forwards. 
On this Council's behalf, I have attended meetings of the North Essex Parking Partnership and dealt with requests for new traffic regulation orders. Bizarrely, I do those almost autonomously from Cabinet in consultation with local councillors. I've also attended meetings of the Essex Waste Partnership Board looking at efficiencies within the Essex-wide waste waste service. I'd like to advise members of two small items. Firstly, that I have been informed by Essex County Council that work is due to start in Dunmo on the new waste transfer station on January 12th, so it should be operational by the summer. And also that the Chancellor's autumn statement confirms that funding has been allocated to a number of flood relief schemes in Dunmo, in Takeley and in Stansted, Unfortunately, the timings for these is some way in the future, but if the members would like to get, speak to me, I'll give them the details. Thank you, Chairman. Thank you, Councillor Barker. I think we have uh, Councillor Redfern next. Thank you, Chairman. <clears throat> There's been a lot going on in the um, housing department at Uttlesford in recent weeks, so I'm going to just give you a very brief summary of some of the key items. Mead Court at Stansted is progressing well with the first phase of 14 homes due to be handed over at the end of January. Unfortunately, there was a slight delay with this. Um, We were hoping that the completion date would be before Christmas and that uh, we'd be able to hand over to our new tenants um, by now. But as often with new builds, there have been some problems with the utility connections. The Housing Board... um, I mentioned at our last meeting we were meeting at Hatherley Court. We did have our um, housing board meeting there, which was, um, which, was, which was great to see another one of our um, schemes in, in the town. But we have now put in our planning application for extensive alterations and improvements to Hatherley Court, and this has actually now been approved by the planning committee. And we hope to appoint a contractor and commence the work in the new year. The plans for a full redevelopment of Reynolds Court at Newport have also been submitted. This is an outdated shelter scheme which we plan to demolish and redevelop, bringing in a modern and comfortable environment for our tenants in this sheltered scheme. As you know, Caton's Lane Garage site also received planning permission for six new council-owned homes and officers are currently going through a contractor procurement process and it is anticipated to achieve a start on site in spring 2015. Other sites, including garages and infill sites and um, excess garden land across the district are being assessed assessed for um, development opportunities and viability. A comprehensive investment programme of works to existing stock is also underway, including the successful delivery of environmental improvements, which is helping to lift many of our tenants out of fuel poverty. A tenants regulatory panel was also set up by way of giving our tenants a bigger say in how local services are run. For instance, by scrutinising our landlord performance and pressing for improvements. The work of the panel was recently recognised through the nomination and subsequent shortlisting for Best Newcomers at a National Customer Insight Award process. At the last Cabinet meeting, changes to our housing allocations policy were approved. Amongst other things, this will strengthen our local connection criteria for the allocation of affordable housing in Uttlesford. I would, however, like to make it absolutely clear that we already um, have well over 90% of our allocations go to people with a, lo- with a local connection to Uttlesford, despite what you may read in the press. 
And talking of what you may read, it's also been brought to my attention that it has been publicised that affordable housing in Uttlesford, funding by housing, funded by housing associations, is not allocated by this council. I would like to assure you all that this is simply not the case. All new housing association properties as part of a 106 agreement built in Uttlesford are allocated from this council's housing register. And people who are putting this in the um, public domain should know better. It's also been reported that we are not good at collecting the right percentage of affordable housing from developers in our 106 agreements. Again, this is not the case. We are very good at getting what we are due. I know the term affordable is confusing, but let's be absolutely clear. Our affordable properties are a combination of reduced rented and shared ownership. The fact that they are delivered in most cases as part of market sites helps us have a mixed and sustainable community for all of us to live in. So I would like to just assure all members and members of the public here that when we give permission through a 106 for um, affordable housing, that is for local people and we do get the amount that we should do. So I, I just want to put that right because it has been in the... Um, out there in various places and um, people are continually asking me for it. But that is a brief run through what has been going on since the last council meeting. Thank you, members. Thank you for that reassurance. Um, Councillor Ranger. Yes, thank you, Chairman. Um, members, just to say that I've tabled my report for this uh, meeting. Um, I just need to apologise for a spelling mistake uh, on Sue Hayden's surname, um, and I'm willing to take questions from you. Thank you. Any more reports before we take questions? No. Any questions? Oh, Councillor Molson. <coughs> Thank you, Mr Chairman. Um, I'd like to ask Councillor Rolf whether he's very welcome um, to open... On two occasions when the Liberal Democrat group uh, proposed this, it was voted down. And moreover, the Liberal Democrat members have been consistently barracked by other members for not attending the LDF meetings because of their principled stand of it not being open to the public. So is it now principle or not? It's absolutely a principle. Um, it, there's, there's no reason uh, why this uh, uh, committee... Uh, going forward, uh, cannot meet in public, and um, I've stated that. I stated that in the morning after the inspector's report, and I've stated it again, um, and it's going to happen. Okay, well, we are moving on to the um, local plan, so are there any questions which don't revolve around that? Uh, Councillor Rose. Thank you very much, Chairman. Um, may I have two questions, one for Councillor Waters and one for Councillor Ranger. Um, Councillor Waters, thank you very much for Chris Stoneham, his work in Whittington to alleviate flooding in Cornells Lane is absolutely fantastic. If you can convey uh, the residents and my thanks to him specifically, he's been a very good negotiator with Essex County Council and Whittington Parish Council, and uh, we hope to negate flooding uh, 
in the early part of the year and um, certainly for providing sand and sandbags. Um, Whittington have organised that and filled their sandbags ready for the flooding. Um, it, I, I would say it is a shame that Newport haven't uh, taken on board the sand to fill their sandbags. I just hope Newport isn't affected by flooding. Um, and secondly, for uh, Councillor Ranger, um, Carver Barracks have uh, approached me with um, a, an interesting economic development for creating a museum for their strategic uh, bomber or, uh, bunker, and I wonder if he could work with me to develop that into a national iconic building that uh, could build and, and develop the tourism in Uttlesford. Thank you, Councillor Rose. Yes, I uh, very much look forward to working with you on that. Uh, sounds an exciting project. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Councillor Rich. Yes, uh, thank you, uh, <coughs> Chairman. Um, could I ask um, uh, Councillor Redfern a question? And it's, uh, it's this. Um, you've given a, a very thorough report um, on a subject which I think um, Uttlesford fulfils perhaps uh, it, 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 its role in a, 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 an extremely impressive manner, if I can put it in that way. Um, I've seen um, two particular examples of um, affordable housing um, in Stansted. Um, Mead Court, you've obviously spoken of today, but you've also spoken of, um, of Forest Hall, where I think that the, the affordable housing has been blended um, in, in most parts um, of that estate. Um, in a, a most commendable way, in a way in which has brought people who perhaps wouldn't even be able to afford anywhere to live into the heart of a new community in a way which has um, resulted in, in no ghettos um, and people feeling very much part of a community rather than uh, surrounded by it. Um, but um, I would like to ask a, a question, and I don't, I don't demand an answer immediately now, um, but as I travel... Um, around um, the district. I do hear from time to time, as you have heard, um, and I do read from time to time uh, local newspapers that want to do uh, nothing other than make trouble, um, the lie that somehow we are rehousing people from miles outside the district, uh, people with no connection with Uttlesford, people from outside the European community, God forbid, people from inside it um, in, uh, in our district. Um, and you have made it very clear today exactly what the figures are. What can we do as a council, and I'd like us all to put our minds to this, what can we do as a council uh, to uh, do to try and gainsay a popular um, anecdotal lie that people are taking particular joy in spreading in our district um, and try and get the true figures out there? Because I believe it would be a legitimate function for our council to do precisely that. How can we do this? Um, I continually talk to the local press. I'm always going on about how many um, people we help from our own housing list. Every time I look, it's, all, it's normally at something like 95, 97% of the properties are, um, are um, taken by our own, our own residents. The times when they're, when they're not, they tend to be... Um, people fleeing domestic violence or something like that where we've got rhetorical arrangements with other, other authorities. I sat in 
the office of one of our local papers this week, and even though this person I have spoken to on numerous occasions, and I say the same thing over and over again till I'm, even I'm bored with hearing it, if people don't want to hear, it's very difficult to make them. There is this perception that we are bringing in hundreds of people from outside the district, from you know, all the time. You're giving properties to um, to um, foreign people who turn up for some reason. That's the perception. Or you're bringing in loads of people from London. You know, our housing in this district is allocated from our own housing waiting list. It's simply not true to say um, any different. And as I said earlier, we've changed the... Um, or tightened up our local connection criteria on, in our housing allocations policy. And when we looked... We, we've, we've done that because we need to do it. But when we looked at the... Um, sort of history of what, we, what we've done in the past, it's, it's, we were already doing that. We're kind of just protecting Uttlesford from changes that are going on all around us as well. So all I can say is that I you know, do my best to, um, as do the housing team here, to keep all of you informed in ex of exactly what we're doing, who, get, who goes into our houses. And um, all I can ask is that you just keep beating the drum as well because... It, that is the case. Our houses are allocated to people from Uttlesford. And um, I'm, I did even have the um, thing this week where, but you, you know, we've got someone in Saffron Walden who wants to stay in Saffron Walden, but you're going to give, you, you're probably going to um, offer them somewhere in Stansted or somewhere else. You know, and I had to point out, we are a district council. You know, it's not all about immediately this, this, one town, this town, that town. It is about the whole district, and we have to look at everyone's need and where they fall. In, you know, someone's housing need gives them a priority over others, and we do our absolute best. If we had a choice of properties, if we were, if we had more affordable housing to give people the house that they all want to have in the town or the village that they want to have, nothing would be be more of a pleasure. But we've got um, fifteen hundred or more cases on the housing register and we I think have allocated something like 200 and something houses in the last year that's, that's, that's the difference, that's the gap that we've got um, the only other thing I can say is obviously lots of the villages we are lucky, we have lots of um, exception sites that um, parishes are very keen to have and, he, uh, and initially sometimes people will say oh, we, don't, we, you know, we don't really need this um, we don't really need this, but when you put a survey out, of course you do. And some parishes come back and say, actually, it's so lovely because we've been able to have, we've got some new, we've got some new housing with some affordable housing, and we've got new people into our village. And it means that our clubs and our volunteer, all the volunteers we need to make our village life and town life tick. We've got new people, new new faces, because actually, as we all know, once you volunteer for one thing, you, it it escalates and you end up on the committee and doing things for all, all sorts of things. So bringing new people to, to the area is, or keep, is, is a great thing. But the fact is, is our houses are allocated to people from Uttlesford and you've just got to keep telling everyone, like I do. And I'll shut up there. Thank you very much. Um, I have a number of people who want to speak. I'll take you in alphabetical order. Um, Councillor Felton first. 
Thank you. I have a question for Susan Barker. Um, the opening of Great Lee's Racecourse, um, obviously this borders the territory um, of Felsted, and I've received several concerns from residents concerning the um, light pollution that they have around the stadium that runs right through till evening hours. And I wondered if you could take these concerns on board and discuss this with Chelmsford City Council as it's not under Uttlesford's jurisdiction. Chairman, I would have great pleasure in doing this. Um, I live equidistant between Great Lee's Racecourse and Stansted Airport, and I can assure you that the light pollution that I can see from my bedroom window that is Great Lee's Racecourse is disgraceful. It is, well, you can almost see it all the way to Thaxton, so if there's a strange white light in the sky, home, well, I'm getting lots of nods. Um, it is horrendous, Chairman. I'd be happy to take it up on behalf of uh, Felsted residents and others. Thank you, Councillor Barker. Uh, next is uh, Councillor Foley. Uh, thank you, Chairman. Um, I'd just really like to thank Councillor Walters as well for following uh, Councillor Rose's uh, uh, comments regarding sandbags, and it's much appreciated. The few sandbags that we've had in fact that are very appreciated. I'd just like it noted, though, that um, these sandbags, to no small measure, have been needed due to inadequate drainage that we have and I know that Councillor Walters might be aware of the flooding that we've uh, already uh, had in Thaxted and it's largely due to inadequate drainage uh, following recent uh, new developments in recent years and I think it would be a useful moment to A. thank Councillor Walters for uh, accommodating that and B. Uh, just noting that we're having to do it largely because of extra housing and the, 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 the inadequate drainage. Thank you. You're going to accept those plaudits, uh, Councillor Walter? Well, well done. Tonight, my, I think this is fantastic. Thank you very much indeed. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. Next on the alphabetical list is Councillor Lachlan. Thank you. Uh, well, uh, question, I suppose it is a question, uh, to Councillor Redfern. Um, would she agree that Forest Hall has been uh, a success? Because uh, this was a Lib Dem initiative in the last successful local plan. And I would like to thank Councillor Rich uh, for thanking the Lib Dems for bringing that forward. Thank you. I'm sure somebody understood oh, well, that. Well, what, what can I say, Janice? Sometimes, we, sometimes, sometimes we all get it right, and apparently, according to my colleague here, it did go to the Court of Appeal, so it didn't go um, straight through. But Forest Hall did. Let's just agree it was a success. Uh, Councillor Manel. Thank you, Chairman. I just wanted to help Councillor Redfern out a little there because um, the housing board has worked on the housing allocations policy she rightly said and it was um, in the Walden local today but, but this is pre-Christmas so I do think it could be run again in the new year for everybody to read and see that the allocation policy is very much a local policy. Thank you. Thank you. No more questions? Excellent. Okay, we'll move to the, possibly one of the main events, which is the Uttlesford Local Plan Examination, which is item 11 on your agenda. And uh, I call upon the Chief Executive, John Mitchell, to...
introduce this item. Thank you, Chairman. By way of introduction, ladies and gentlemen, this report sets out the, the next steps in the local plan process. It's not a retrospective examination of how and why we've reached this point, but a request for an inquiry into this has already been made to me, which I have passed to Councillor Godwin, the Chairman of Scrutiny, and no, matter, no doubt that uh, will take place in due course. Chairman, the local plan examination was abruptly terminated by the inspector during the afternoon of Wednesday the 3rd of December after he had finished hearing evidence on most of the policy allocations. And a copy of his summary report is attached and we await the final report. We have been promised this before Christmas and we are advised the inspector intends to meet his deadline. He found fault, Chairman, in two areas. Firstly, that we are not proposing to build enough houses and we need to add at least 10% of our objectively assessed housing need, which is at least 50 additional houses per year. Secondly, that from the evidence before him, he had severe reservations over the justification of Elsenham as a sustainable location for development on the scale proposed. In this, he also expressed concern that there had not been a full assessment of alternative locations for a large settlement or settlements in the district. The inspector considered it would take too long to address these matters in the usual six months that the inspectorate operates when considering suspension of an examination. As a result, he closed the examination. No one should be in any doubt that these are significant shortcomings. Equally, nobody should be any doubt that the inspector has not determined that every aspect of the plan is unsound. He made this very clear in presenting his summarised conclusions at the end of the hearing. The statement itself is very carefully worded. He has not, therefore, rejected the plan outright, as has been claimed. Clearly, if we did nothing as a result, then the whole plan would be unsound. Excuse me but he has given the council the opportunity to remedy the defects he has found. I know this is not a popular point of view, but it is the case. However, we do not have time on our hands, and that is why this report is about the next steps. It is perhaps tempting to think that because we have a comfortable five-year housing land supply, then we have plenty of time to formulate a new solution. I'm afraid we don't. Our five-year supply quickly disappears as the objectively assessed need rises. Indeed, this may now be a critical, at a critical point, and it will need to be one of the very first things that members consider as we move into the new year, not just consider but address. Indeed, there is a logical inconsistency in concluding that a requirement for at least 54 houses a year somehow strengthens our position at forthcoming planning inquiries. The way forward then, as set out in paragraph 11 of the report, is firstly to take stock and to digest fully the inspector's final report, which, as I say, we expect in the next few days, and decide which aspects of the plan we can bank, we can keep. Secondly, we will need to complete a new strategic housing market assessment with other councils, as is set out in paragraph 11b. I can assure you that will take a lot longer to do than it did to write down. We need to get the highways assessments and the strategic environmental assessments concluded. And then we will need to go out on a further call for sites and associated consultation. 
Chairman, the recommendations are set out in paragraphs 1 to 4, and they encapsulate the points raised in uh, paragraph 11. And I also draw members' attention to the risk analysis at the end. This is a risk analysis, not a full risk assessment. Thank you, Chairman. Any questions of uh, the Chief Executive? Councillor Hicks. Uh, thank you, Chairman. Uh, Mr Mitchell, it's, uh, it seems to me that um, the, um, uh, the inspector had um, the outline plan in his possession for some three, four months before the actual hearing took place. Uh, perhaps I'm rather simple, but I would have thought that if our numbers that we were setting him in putting in front of him were insufficient, he could have come to that conclusion long before uh, reaching um, uh, uh, the holding of a hearing uh, and costing the uh, taxpayer a great deal of money and expense and getting witnesses to attend and so on. If these facts, two facts, firstly that uh, the uh, numbers were insufficient and secondly that Elsinum was an uh, inappropriate place for development, uh, I, I would have thought those two conclusions would be uh, uh, eminently uh, um, capable of decision without going to the um, expense and time of a lengthy hearing. Um, may I have your comments on that, please? Chairman, I, I, I can't speculate on the inspector's reasoning. It wouldn't be fair to do so. The purpose of the examination is just that, to examine the points that were raised. He may not have found that, made that conclusion before the, the, uh, the hearing. He will have heard the evidence and could well have drawn his conclusion from the evidence there. I can't speculate further. Thank you, Chairman. Thank you. Councillor Cheatham. Thank you. Could I just ask the uh, Chief Executive, you say that, and uh, we look forward to having a, a Christmas present of the uh, inspector's report before the 25th of, of December, but could you explain to me if we have quite a few, and I'm sure there was, because he did not dismiss this plan out of hand. He had, there were two very distinct areas. How long will it take? What sort of timetable are you looking at to get other parts of the plan uh, adopted, and how do we go about that? Because that's a very important part for the planning committee to have when they are making decisions on planning applications that certain parts of uh, our policies are there for us to follow. Chairman, that will need to be a matter for the, the new working group. It may be possible, Chairman, to um, adopt, if that's the right word, some aspects of the plan as supplementary guidance, not as a new plan, but as something to be taken into account in um, assessing planning applications. It would be a material planning consideration rather than a planning policy, and that may be possible, but until I've seen what he has to say, I can't say any further than that. Thank you. Councillor Sadler. Thank you very much, Chairman. I think there's no hiding from the fact we've got this wrong, and I think we do owe the public an apology for getting it wrong. Um, it's not a political thing. I think the way forward is, as the leader has outlined, that we reform the group so it's more inclusive and that it's public, and that we get this right the next time round. I don't think we can guess what the inspector is going to say at this stage. 
because he may weigh, well say other aspects of the plan are unsuitable. So let's wait to see what he says in full. But I think we have got it wrong, and we must apologise. I certainly apologise on behalf of my ward, and we must move on. Councillor Sadler. Uh, Councillor Rich. Didn't get it on. Um, Chairman, thank you. Um, can, I, um, can I just um, make one particular point on this and ask one particular question? Um, uh, and it, it's on this basis. Um, the obligation on the local planning authority is to deliver a realistic plan that is sustainable but also deliverable. And um, I know that there are many people, perhaps behind me, perhaps in front of me uh, in this room, that have spoken in favour of a, a new garden city to the north near, uh, near Chesterford and a new garden city to the south near the new junction 7A. And there are other people who've spoken about a dispersed solution, and, and I was one of those that, that, that thought a dispersed solution might be possible. But the fact is that in all of those areas, uh, insufficient people came forward with insufficient land to make any of that possible. And whilst it may be that some people are taking particular enjoyment in the fact that that made um, our, our decision uh, collectively as a council a, a more difficult one, uh, and um, in some view a, a more unattractive one than, than, than that which those people would have liked, um, the fact is that sufficient landowners didn't come forward. And if you put information in to a computer, you get information out, and sure enough, the information that came out was the one that some people in this room don't like. Other people recognise it as being perhaps the only solution, um, although they may not like it, and others like it. Um, but if we are going to move forward, as we must, um, what steps are we going to take to try and encourage people with land to come forward and say, yes, I'm willing to have my land considered for the local plan, though I was not previously. And that may, that may result in us being able to take forward a process um, that, um, uh, that, that um, we need to. I, I appreciate the fact that all sorts of endeavour was engaged in last time, but the fact is that we didn't end up with a solution that was anything other than one which led to one particular conclusion. And if we can encourage people to come forward, then the answer might be a different one next time. Chairman, I, I don't want to go into too much detail because this is a matter for the members to determine over time. But if the new working group decides that the current strategy of growth in some of the settlements plus a major new settlement is the way forward, and that seems to be... Um, the, the inspector talks about a level of support for that type of approach. He um, doesn't commit to it. He doesn't commit to anything, to be fair. Um, but um, it, 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 it's, it was a, a, an area of agreement coming out of the local plan inquiry. If that's the case, then the call for sites that we would do would be for a specific larger site. We would be looking, we'd be actually specifying a bigger site We'd also be specifying a, a, a range of, of, to accommodate a range of numbers, uh, substantial numbers, I would suggest. And um, we would also require any proposal for a new settlement that might come forward to be very substantially justified. The level of um, 
supporting evidence required in, in, um, for a planning policy is now very much greater than previously over, over the years, um, almost to the extent now that, it, that a, a policy allocation has to be supported by the level of evidence that is necessary in a planning application. And to do that, we would need um, the, the second advantage of making a specification of that nature is that we would weed out the speculative applications and we would have really meaningful and viable options put forward to us that members could then hopefully choose from. Thank you. Councillor Lofton. Thank you. Well, um, I'm not sure if this is the right time to say what I need to say, what I want to say. Um, but uh, I was actually at the inquiry on the day uh, of the Fairfield, and two developers had said, and there were other people there, I'm sure, that will remember, that um, uh, Taylor Wimpey and Terence O'Rourke had both come forward with sites and had got nowhere. So I just wanted to make that point. But um, um, twice the planning committee, of uh, which I'm a member, refused this application. We voiced our concern, this is Fairfield, we voiced our concern about the roads surrounding um, Elsinham and uh, the surrounding villages. And I believed, and I still believe, that we had uh, planning policies that we could have defended at appeal. Um, the inspector also agreed with us that the roads aren't fit for purpose and I didn't become a councillor to cause harm to anybody and many local people have given up hard-earned money and time to fight what would have been a huge boil on Uppersford's backside. And um, in these days of austerity and recession and food banks, raising that money was no mean feat. And I have always believed in listening to those who elect us. We have the power to change lives for the better or worse. Thankfully, the residents of Applesford have spoken. Better still, they have acted to prevent disaster. And they have won. And I congratulate them. And I hope the whole, everybody here does the same. Thank you. Uh, Councillor Mawson. <coughs> Thank you, uh, Mr Chairman. Um, Councillor uh, Rich talks about um, a lack of sites coming forward. Councillor Lachlan has um, indicated I was here for the day of the Elsinham hearing and a number of uh, representatives of developers were saying that uh, they hadn't had the opportunity to put forward their locations. And, of course, one of the reasons for this is very simple, um, that once you have a preferred option in the council, which, of course, happened very quickly after option four emerged, um, all the other options are not preferred. And this is, this is the actual root of the problem here. Um, and to answer Councillor Hicks, who states that the inspector after three or four months of having paperwork about Elsinham, should have realised it wasn't a sustainable site. Why then has the administration still not considered that a sustainable site after eight years? Uh, Councillor Lemon. 
Thank you, Chairman. Um, our Chief Executive has just said um, to us that more time will be needed to finalise the local development plan, and I can understand that nobody can actually put a figure on that time. But um, certainly in the press and from other sources, um, figures spent so far banded about between 2 million and 8 million. But what I would like to know is what is the actual cost so far and what is the estimated cost to get this plan done and finished and signed off? And I think that the public need to know these sort of figures. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor. Well, I'm sure that's something that the, uh, the leader will, will address. Uh, who else have we got? We've got a number of people. Uh, Councillor Perry, I think, is next on the list. Thank you, Chairman. It gives me no pleasure at all to say I told you so. I've been vilified in this council because of my stance, and the only councillor to stand up so far and apologise for what has happened is Councillor Sadler. And I reiterate what he has said. We owe the public an apology. We owe the planning group an apology for doubting them. The way forward is unity. We shouldn't be looking at what's gone wrong. We know what's gone wrong. We shouldn't try and second-guess the inspector until we've got the full facts. So I would like to see unity to go forward, and I'd like to see the other groups come into discussions and not stay away. Uh, can I have uh, Councillor Rose, I think, is next. Thank you very much. Uh, well, I actually reiterate the sentiments that Councillor uh, Sadler does. I personally would apologise to Newport Ward um, because I seconded the motion and it was a, a failure and it seems a considerable shame that uh, it is a failure. However, I am, I am shocked uh, to hear that uh, we don't defend our existing key uh, communities and uh, could uh, John Mitchell please reassure us that Newport and uh, the development that's going on there be secured and protected from excessive development. I'm dismayed that councillors within the District Council are promoting additional houses. We have already, and I personally have championed a reduction in houses to be a village, not a town, and yet we have District Councillors promoting yet more houses. It's outrageous and we need to defend that. Thank you. Chairman, can I Council. just make an observation? The inspector is suggesting at least 50 more houses. It's not a district council proposal. The district council was found not to be providing enough housing. The inspector is imposing or suggesting, not imposing anything, suggesting that we need to provide a higher target. And indeed, the joint work we will need to do, I would forecast will come up with an even higher figure. We will need to look across the district. And this is why I am suggesting the way forward. We don't have time. We need to get on with things. We need to establish exactly where we are with a five-year housing supply because it is the five-year housing supply which is fundamentally dominant in assessing applications against the national planning policy. It is not... Uh, it, 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 there are other considerations, but the, the Inspectorate and the Secretary of State will always look at the five-year supply. And that is a worsening position now that a higher figure has been 
tucked into the arena. We may have to visit some of the appeal decision earlier inquiries that are already running. And I make one observation as well around Elsenham. The inspector's um, report very finely sidesteps the the, uh, appeal which is currently before the Secretary of State and on which we are not expecting a decision until June. So there's two points I'd want to make there. Thank you, Chairman. Uh, Councillor Dean, I think I have you. Yes, thank you, Mr Chairman. I just like to, I have a question and then I'd like to make a proposal. Um, my question really is to back to Councillor Hicks where he seems to criticise the inspector for doing a thorough job and I think it's, uh, we should not as a council be criticising the inspector who uh, came out with the right answer. Uh, I think my question to Councillor Hicks might be, does he not think that on reflection the motion put down 12 months ago by Councillor Parr, which said take stock before we charge ahead with this thing, might better have been approved rather than charging ahead, wasting another 12 months to add to the previous seven months. But I'm sure that Councillor Hicks doesn't want to <coughs> answer that question. I'd like to make a proposal, Mr Chairman, which is on paper, um, which I hope members of the public have a copy of this. Is that, can I ask if that's correct? <coughs> is, that, is that correct that, uh, that members of the public have a copy of the proposal in my name? Um, it would be very helpful if they were given a copy. <coughs> Before I start to speak, Mr Chairman, therefore may I explain what it is? The, the, you will, I imagine that members of the public and certainly members of the council have the chief executive's recommendation. This makes a number of slight changes at the, in the first paragraphs and it um, then adds a new paragraph five. I'm not going to read all of the new paragraph five, but pit, picking up um, Councillor Perry's point about this, this being all groups working together. My first change to the chief executive thing is that the chief executive should consult with all group leaders uh, before writing to the planning inspectorate, not just to the leader of the council, the leader of the conservative group. Um, the rest of it... Yes. I'm making a proposal, Mr. Chairman. Would you ask for a seconder, Mr. Chairman? <coughs> and um, then I would like to speak to it. Okay, but all you're suggesting in item one is that we speak to is that no, all. Uh, I'm making leaders. a proposal, Mr. Chairman, which is set out on this piece of paper. Would you please ask for a seconder? I understand that. Right. So, you, item, we've got item one here. And the only change you're saying to item one from what the um, chief executive is suggesting is that uh, consultation with all um, yeah. leaders. Yeah. Would, would you, well, if you would ask for a second, Mr. Chairman, then I will properly speak to the proposal. You have a number of items, don't you? You have one, two, three, four, five. I will, I will explain that in my speech, Mr. Chairman, if you would ask for a seconder. For your proposal? Yes. This is, that's procedurally the right way to go about it. No, I appreciate Mr. it. Chairman. Would you like to explain it first? Then? What, what is or, it? Well, if, if you'd like, okay. Yeah. 
then I have added a fifth paragraph which talks about this council strongly can advising the cabinet. And I, and I Chairman, can, on, on, point, on point of order, um, obviously um, some of us may have uh, an advantage over others in, in terms of speed reading documents. But um, it seems to me that there must procedurally be something intrinsically wrong um, with something being left for us at half past seven on a table for us to read whilst we have um, uh, other business to attend to, and then for someone to suddenly speak to it as if it's, it's something that we can uh, suddenly vote on and, and, and determine one of the most important um, um, uh, decisions that this council is going to make. Um, uh, 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 during the meeting, it, it must surely be incumbent upon someone who puts forward such a detailed proposal um, involving the LDF and other subjects um, to table it long before the actual meeting itself begins um, and, 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 and long before he himself stands up um, to introduce it. I have read it. Um, well, it was sent, it but was sent uh, round, Mr Chairman, two days ago to all can, members can I just, I haven't. Can I just, I haven't can seen I just it. please... He's perfectly entitled to make a, make a proposal. I'm quite happy to accept you to, do, uh, to, uh, to make the proposal. I think you should explain it. Yes, I will. I will. So the paragraph five is the substantial change to this, and I, I think I'll read it then. Council strongly advises the Cabinet, and, and the Cabinet decision finally to set up a new working group. So that's why it, it is worded that way. Council strongly advises the Cabinet that a new working group or similar body should be created in line with the following principles. And I set out five principles. That the group shall be chaired by a widely respected person or persons, because I guess that joint chairmanship might be a, uh, an option, who will have the confidence of the public of Uttlesford and be able to demonstrate independence from past party political influence over the local plan. Joint chairmanship may be an option. I've already said that. Well, that's, that's the wording is there. Secondly, that the group shall have cross-party membership from within the council and shall have community members representing parts of the district and community groups engaged with the local plan process. That is a, a departure from what... What the council is suggesting. I'm suggesting that this should be um, a bit along the lines of a neighbourhood plan group. So it actually has external people on it as well as elected members. Uh, the, the third item is about saying it should have terms of reference and the modus operandi to be agreed with all participants. I guess that's sensible. sensible. Support, and then fourthly, support arrangements for, for the group that have been negotiated with the group the group is able to work in the way that it wants to work, in effect. The group shall have a work programme that has been agreed with the group. And finally, and there is a typo uh, in the last um, paragraph, formation of the group shall commence in January 2015 and the group shall hold its first meeting by the 30th of January 2015 and not 14, as it, as it said there. So that, that, ex that, ex that explains my proposal, Mr Chairman. Thank you. Um, do you have a, you're proposing it, do you have a seconder for your, Councillor Lennon? <coughs> okay. Um, May I therefore speak to it? I thought you just did. No, no. No, I've been explaining it. I'm sorry, you can't get <laughs> away with that. Please do that. <laughs> okay. Um, so essentially I'm, I'm not accepting 
the uh, proposals, I'm building on the proposals that are Mr. Mitchell's recommendations. Um, this is meant to be a season of goodwill, a time when a hundred years ago, at the first Christmas of World War I, opposing armies stopped destroying all around them to exchange gifts and play ball. There are parallels today with the situation we find ourselves in in the towns and villages of Uttlesford. We have suffered eight wasted years. We've just gone through two years of planning people, a period when the common foe was developers who thought they could do what they wanted when they wanted. So right now is the time for all councillors from every political persuasion to come together. World War I lasted four years. We are halfway through our own war with another two years to go, as Mr. Mitchell has explained, or up to two years, I hope. In many ways, the start of World War I was a cock-up. It just happened, but few saw it coming. It happened because monarchs and politicians weren't very good at talking to each other. If we are to prevent our own war lasting beyond the forecast next one to two years, everyone within the Council and outside needs to be prepared to come together with a largely blank sheet of paper and redo much of the plan. It needs to be done without one tribe imposing its will on the rest. It needs to be done in a truly open and consensual manner. I, for one, don't want to see another four years of squabbling distrust and accusations of political stitch-up. Six years, like World War II, of developer free-for-all is in no one's interest. This, that is why this proposal has been made. It calls for cross-party consultation and cooperation, for a new working group to be chaired by a person or persons who enjoys the confidence of the public by demonstrating independence from covert party influence. Not only would there be membership from all groups, political groups, that is, within the Council, but also places in the membership would be made available for community representatives who are not councillors. There are many capable people out there, and many of them are here tonight, I think. There are parallels with the way neighbourhood plans have to be developed. The final decisions rest with elected members, but members of the local community play an active and real role. We have to show them we trust them if we want them to trust us. A start could be made and should be made in January 2015. I'm not going to pretend that even setting up the group and agreeing who to co-opt will be easy but it will be no good simply saying the new body will be held in public and members of the community can watch from the sidelines and occasionally be allowed to have their say. That would be cosmetic involvement. Too often in the past, leading members have told council officers behind the scenes what information they want them to bring into the light of day. We have to stop stitch-ups behind closed doors. Officers must be told they do not only have loyalty to one political party and their job is to tell them what they want to hear so that the politicians can run their preferences through working groups and cabinet. Trust, and we've heard much about that from members of the public this evening, trust has to be rebuilt within the council 
and with the people of this district. A good start can be made tonight by this Council agreeing to this proposal. It gives strong advice to the Cabinet, which does have the responsibility formally to establish the working group. Agreeing these principles does not require a Conservative group meeting in January to meet behind closed doors to tell people what they should believe in, as was being suggested yesterday. No one who wishes to retain or regain any credibility and trust in the eyes of the public following the planning earthquake of two, years ago, two weeks ago should be afraid to vote for this proposal. The proposal sets some principles and leaves the detail to January. I urge you to think of the spirit of Christmas yet to come. Mr Scrooge told the spirit, I fear you more than any spectre I have seen, but as I know your purpose is to do me good, and as I hope to live to be another man from what I was, I am prepared to bear you company and do, did it with thankful heart. Well, well, Howard, I don't expect you to go so far tonight as to declare you're having a thankful heart, but I do urge you to follow me and my colleagues. Otherwise, I fear for Christmas 2016, whether I'm sitting down here or peering down from the gallery. Mr Chairman, I implore all members to support this proposal. Thank you, Councillor Dean. Um, to be honest, uh, I'm, the only difference I see uh, between your proposal and what's proposed by the Chief Executive is the inclusion of all group leaders in Item 1, which I'm sure uh, the leader of the Conservatives would, uh, would approve of anyway. Uh, item 3 and 4 are pretty much the same. Item 2 uh, just is the, is the way the, uh, the group is, uh, this new group is const constructed. <laughs> Sorry. Are, are we expecting something else? So really, I mean, it's, uh, despite your speech, it's quite encouraging, actually, that you seem to agree with, you know, this, in the spirit of unity, that we, we are agreement, in, in agreement on a way forward. And I'm sure that uh, uh, Councillor Rolfe would accept um, in his own, uh, in, the rec in the recommendations of the uh, Chief Executive, the fact that all group leaders will be um, uh, consulted and, uh, and involved. Uh, item two is the only issue, but um, I'm sure Councillor Rolfe will, uh, will respond. Well, thank you very much, uh, Chairman, uh, for putting uh, wor words into my mouth. Um, I, I would like to propose uh, a, 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 an amendment, which is that um, we uh, accept uh, what has been suggested up until the point of similar body in paragraph 2. So, obviously, as I said in my earlier remarks, this is, this is a cross-party. Uh, we will be talking with all groups. So, uh, in, the point in uh, para 1 is, is fine, and we are going to set up a new working group. I've already said that, uh, or similar body. Uh, so, it, uh, so I, you know, I take the, the changes up until then. Um, I didn't quite understand the war analogy, apart from the fact, uh, obviously, it's the name of we are residents, so I suppose it's quite pertinent to uh, the discussion. 
but, but as far as I'm concerned, it's the absolute opposite. Uh, and I thought that I'd got that message over very clearly. This, this is about transparency. It is very much about working together. Um, because as the Chief Executive has outlined... There is a process behind this. There is a planning law that has got to be followed. So, in a sense, it doesn't matter who does it because somebody has got to establish the new number. That is, that is the base point, obviously having taken account of the inspector's second report to, 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 to consider the, the new number. Um, and I won't surmise what that might be, but he's quoted 580, so we could start at that point. Um, that will then uh, necessitate uh, a need to find um, other sites. And again, I won't be specific, although the inspector, as the chief, uh, chief executive has indicated, does talk about a new settlement, although he puts S in parenthesis after settlement. So we get a steer on that. So then there will be a call for sites. Perfectly legitimate point uh, made in terms of is that an exhaustive search, and we'll need to make sure that it is. Um, as I'll go on to comment later, uh, the, the, the planning process has moved on and what used to be good enough for a local plan is no longer and it's becoming much closer to a planning application. Now I think this is helpful because when we receive those sites uh, there will be much fuller information about the points that uh, we debated on, uh, uh, on some of the, uh, the, the sites in the, um, the first plan. Um, will be much uh, more clearly laid out in terms of infrastructure and the facilities that go with that. And then, ladies and gentlemen, there will be an empirical process based on agreed criteria of how to measure one submission against another submission. And at the end of the day, we will have to come up with a recommendation. Um, and I, sadly, uh, will be back in this room with those from that area uh, where the new uh, area has been chosen who will be very upset about it. Um, but that is the nature. Uh, we are a planning authority between the rock of central government who insist on more housing. We can argue that, but uh, that is the reality. Uh, and the hard place of the community who, in, who, who talks about the need for more housing for all the reasons that Councillor Redfern outlined because we need more affordable housing uh, and uh, we need greater supply to reduce the demand and therefore reduce the price of housing in Uttlesford which is uncomfortably high. Uh, but they understand that. But of course then it comes down to uh, where is it going to go. Uh, and you know, these are perfectly legitimate points. So uh, what I'm saying to you colleagues is that there is a process that we will go through, but we will go through this on the key criteria that I will keep repeating of objectivity, transparency and consultation. Uh, I laid out my proposals for this group. This is, a, this is a working group of the Cabinet, but in a sense it passes through Cabinet because it's Council after consultation that will make this final decision. Um, so this is a working group of Cabinet. Um, the good news is that the residents... Um, Groups are now represented on the council, so I'm proposing a committee that includes all, all the parties, uh, and, and I've already said that there will be an opportunity for members of the public uh, to make their comment, which I'm sure the committee will listen to carefully, and because it will be in public, if we don't, then I'm sure we'll be held to account about that. So the point about transparency, I think, deals with the key issues. I very much look forward to working on this on a cross-party, non-political basis, because at the end of the day, we have got to find sites for more housing, and uh, the quicker we get on in a professional way, the better. So I amend to take in, 
account the first two paragraph points uh, uh, and suggest that the rest of it is excluded. And we go re revert to the Chief Executive's four points with those two amendments in paragraphs one and two, Chairman. Thank you. Can you just clarify what your, uh, your amendment is, yes, please? I'm proposing Can we have a seconder, please, for that proposal, which is basically to make amendments to um, Councillor Dean's amendment, um, which is item one, and delete from or similar body in item two, and then, of course, item five falls. We have a seconder in Councillor Rich. Okay. Can we have those four on that amendment? You can indeed. Well, I want, I want to make it clear to the, the council and to members of the public what... Uh, what I thought we nearly had agreement there. Pardon? <laughs> I thought we nearly had agreement there. Uh, well, I, I, I will vote against the amendment, obviously, because I want to make it clear to the press, if there's any here, to the public and to all members of this council that what... Councillor Rowe is, uh, sorry, <laughs> Councillor Rolf is, uh, the amendment that he's proposing is to delete the requirement for an independent chairman. I think Councillor Rolf proposes that he will chair this working group. We heard from members of the public their concern um, about Councillor Rolf specific role in the past and by taking this out you will get Councillor Rolf only as chairing this working group and no independent person uh, without party political influence. So I will therefore vote against proposal or Councillor Rolf's proposal to delete the inclusion of independence and similarly uh, he proposes to delete the paragraph which says that the working group itself will co-opt members from community groups, from the public, to work alongside members. <laughs> Councillor Rolf wants to exclude you from any real participation in this working group. You can come along and have your five minutes or whatever arrangements are put out. Let's not jump down to detail, but you won't be part of it You'll be, as you are tonight, watching on most of the time. Um, and I think that that is a, a, a disaster for taking this forward. I'm afraid that what is being proposed at the moment will get us into the same mess. We'll do nothing to 
restore trust between the public and this council and we will end up wasting or we risk ending uh, wasting loads more money than is necessary I think that's you know shameful uh, Councillor Barker Thank you, Chairman. Chairman, I wasn't going to speak on this item, but actually I, I do find this posturing a bit ridiculous. We have some perfectly sensible recommendations put forward by our Chief Executive, who has been a planning officer and now a Chief Executive of this Council for many years. This is a process we need to follow, and Chairman, I ask that the vote now be put. Sorry, I'm just going to take Councillor Lachlan, and then, and then I'm going to... Me? Sorry, well, I don't know about anybody else in this room, but I'm confused. I actually thought that uh, Councillor Rolf was listening to people, but it seems he isn't. So um, I can't vote for that either. Can I, I, can I just say that I, I thought we were actually all working together on this. I mean, we, 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 really, do, we really do have an issue where the inspector has required us to produce more houses than, than we decided to uh, necessary under plans for localism. Um, and that Councillor Dean's proposal is pretty similar to what uh, was proposed by other, other than an independent uh, chairman. What benefit that would have, I don't Chair, know. Chair, I, I'm, I'm so, having some difficulty. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Chair. I'm Chairman, Wait, I'm I think some you're exceeding your power, perhaps Wait, Mr Perry. Chairman, I, I, I can't actually hear allowed. what's being said. Chairman, I'd love to be able to hear what's being said in the chamber, but I unfortunately can't hear a word of what's going on because of the noise behind me. Now, that, that might be, you know, for, although, although actually I've been very sympathetic to some of the noises that have been made behind me on, on other occasions, because there are grunting noises, I can't actually determine what, 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 what is being said either behind me or in front of me. And unless we actually have some sort of elected debate um, amongst people who have actually been elected to represent um, regions of the district, it's going to descend into, into chaos. And uh, it, it, we, we must have some order. I must ask you just, just to remind people to enable me to hear what's being said, and I'm sure I'm not alone. Can I just say that those grunters in the audience, can you please uh, <laughs> refrain? Um, Councillor Lemon. I should be very brief, but I seconded this amendment with some having thought about it for a long time. But the reason I had to second it was I do believe we need an independent member to chair this, this new committee. Um, we've got to do away with, the past, with, any, with any sense that people will think it's going to be political. And I think unless we have an independent chairman, that's what the public will feel. And I'm, that's why I will vote for the amendment. Point of order, Chairman. Point of order, Chairman, please. Uh, could we please... Could the Council please have advice from Mr Perry on where we stand uh, since the motion was put earlier that the vote be put?
where um, um, a proposal has been put that the vote be put, the chairman will put the vote uh, without further discussion, providing he thinks the matter has been sufficiently well aired. It's in the chairman's discretion. Thank you. <laughs> Please. Thank you, Chairman. I hope you can hear me, Councillor Rich. Um, Loud and clear. <laughs> uh, I'd like to thank uh, Councillor Rolfe, actually, uh, first of all, for mentioning our party on two occasions. He's obviously worthy of mention. Um, and I'd just like to cut to the quick and say that I think if as much um, thought process had gone into what is being debated now as Councillor Dean has put into his proposal, then I think we wouldn't be in, at the stage that we're at. Uh, so I am going to support Councillor Dean's uh, proposals and amendments that have been put forward by him, uh, and I think that it's uh, worth going for. I'm also very sad to say, uh, I would like to make this point, um, that there are, it's off-putting seeing so many disgruntled, bad-smelling things on the top table. So um, <laughs> I'm sorry you feel very put off by what's being proposed to you. Do you not like my aftershave? <laughs> Okay, well, well, we'll move on from that. Uh, Councillor. Thank you, Chairman. Um, I just wanted to reiterate that if this council is serious, it should actually admit that it's wrong, and it's still not doing that. It's glossed over, as speakers have said, the squandered um, taxpayers' money. It's still ignoring residents' wishes. And this isn't posturing. This is about meeting our residents' needs who voted for us. And we should be voting for this amendment for our residents. Okay, I'm going to move on now to um, the amendment of the amendment uh, proposed by Councillor Rolfe and seconded by Councillor Rich, which is... Would you like to um, summarise that, Councillor Rolfe? Thank you, Chairman. I propose to delete all words in bold. Um, that's quite an important part of it. Uh, after the words or similar body in paragraph 2. Those in favour of that amendment, please. Twenty-seven chairman in favour. Sorry, those against. Twelve against, Chairman. Sorry? That, 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 that the substantive motion. Okay. We're now voting on the substantive motion. I'd like to call for a recorded vote, Mr Chairman. <coughs> No, the substantive motion. It's, it's the amendment as amended. Um, this is how it's amended. No. Just, just for clarity, members, the motion you are now voting on is a substantive motion 
is that as proposed by Councillor Dean, subject to the deletion of all words in bold type after the words or similar body in paragraph 2 of that document. Can I have those in favour uh, of that? The recorded vote has been called for, Chairman. Okay, fine. Recorded vote, please. Members, as I call your name, will you please indicate whether you are voting for, against or abstaining? As this meeting is being broadcast, I will repeat your name and your vote after you have declared it. Councillor Artis. Councillor Artis, four. Councillor Asker. Councillor Asker, against. Councillor G. Barker. Four. Councillor G. Barker, four. Councillor S. Barker. Four. Councillor S. Barker, four. Councillor Kent. Councillor Kent against. Councillor Chambers. Four. Councillor Chambers, four. Councillor Cheatham. Four. Councillor Cheatham, four. Councillor Davy. Four. Councillor Davy, four. Councillor Davies. Four. Councillor Davies, four. Councillor Dean. Against. Councillor Dean, against. Councillor Eden. Four. Councillor Eden, four. Councillor Evans. Against. Councillor Evans, against. Councillor Felton. Four. Councillor Felton, four. Councillor Foley. Councillor Foley against. Councillor Freeman. Four. Councillor Freeman, four. Councillor Godwin. Against. Councillor Godwin against. Councillor Harris. Four. Councillor Harris, four. Councillor Hicks. Four. Councillor Hicks, four. Councillor Howell. Four. Councillor Howell, four. Councillor Jones. Four. Councillor Jones, four. Councillor A. Ketteridge. Four. Councillor A. Ketteridge, four. Councillor J. Ketteridge. Four. Councillor J. Ketteridge, four. Councillor Lemon. Against. Councillor Lemon, against. Councillor Lockling. Very definitely against. Councillor Lockling, against. Councillor Mackman. Against. Councillor Mackman, against. Councillor Monell. Four. Councillor Monell, four. Councillor Mawson. Against. Councillor Mawson, against. Councillor Oliver. Four. Councillor Oliver, four. Councillor Parr. Against. Councillor Parr, against. Councillor Parry. Against. Councillor Parry, against. Councillor Perry. Councillor Perry, four. Councillor Ranger. Four. Councillor Ranger, four. <coughs> Councillor Redfern. Four. Councillor Redfern, four. Councillor Rich. Very definitely four. Councillor Rich, four. Councillor Rolf. Four. Councillor Rolf, four. Councillor Rose. Four. Councillor Rose, four. Councillor Sadler. Four. Councillor Sadler, four. Councillor Salmon. Four. Councillor Salmon, four. Councillor Smith. Four. Councillor Smith, four. Councillor Walters. Councillor Walters, four. Councillor Wells? Four. Councillor Wells, four. Chairman, the vote is 29 votes in favour of the um, substantive motion and 12 votes against. The motion is carried. Thank you very much. The motion is carried. We will now move to item 13. We're going to move to 13. Uh, and I'd like to call upon Councillor Mackman, I believe. Thank you, Chair. I'll uh, be brief, just read briefly through the motion. 
which is that uh, Council has no confidence in the Leader of the Council, Councillor Howard Rolfe, and in the Deputy Leader and Cabinet Member for Environmental Services, Councillor Susan Barker. The Council's lack of confidence is the result in, of the recent rejection of the draft that was with local plan after eight years' preparation and the responsibility of the aforementioned members for its unsatisfactory preparation before the examination in public. I would like to say that I have some sympathy for Councillor Rolfe in this because he's only been leader for a few short months and the plan's been going wrong for considerably more than a year. But nonetheless, he is currently the leader and therefore he has to take responsibility for what took place two weeks ago. Uh, I think I shall leave it at that for now. Sorry, we have uh, yourself, yourself proposing. Do we have, do we have a seconder? Who's seconding it? A number of people. Councillor Mawson. Thank you. Uh, um, it became evident during the inspector's uh, visit here that um, this plan was flawed right from the start because um, it was a proposal, a personal preference to locate houses at Elsenham, which was then supported by the administration group. The councillor realised very clearly from the evidence that once this site had been plucked out of the air, there was a need for retrospective evidence that came in in various degrees and that the evidence was there to try and fit the proposal, which, as I say, was a personal preference. As a result... The villages of Elsenham and Henham have been involved in trying to oppose this uh, development for eight years. I'm told by the joint parishes that over a quarter of a million pounds has had to be spent from both the two main parish councils, Henham and Elsenham, and other parish councils who are affected, such as Ugly, and moreover, that local residents have also uh, contributed by putting their hands in their pockets to fight this for over eight years. The main plank of the local plan of 2,100 houses in Elsenham has been a development from this original decision, and uh, the refusal of this council to defend an appeal which uh, Fairfield has made against the twice-rejected decision of 800 houses by our own planning committee is a disgrace, and residents of the villages have had to fund that defence of that appeal rather than the council. And the reason for that is very simple, that the council cannot defend an appeal for 800 houses when it wants 2,100 houses there. I am very pleased, and so are the residents of Henham and Elsenham, that this decision about Elsenham has been removed from the local plan. We still have the threat of 800 houses, um, given the fact that it has been rejected twice, and that Fairfield themselves have initiated an appeal, uh, and that appeal has now been taken. Um, they are still coming back. And I think it's a disgrace that this council allows it to come back. Um, I know you say you can't do anything about it. I've seen other uh, appeals being rejected and other 
um, applications being rejected on lesser grounds than this. Um, the residents have been treated abominably. Um, there has been no audit of need. There's been no contractual or consensual uh, consultation with the residents. Rather, they've been engaged in four tick-box tick exercises over the past years, which fulfil legal requirements, but which have been largely ignored. And, as we've heard earlier, no public have been allowed to attend the LDF meetings. Um, from the point of view of my residents in Elsinore and Henham, it's been an absolute disgrace. They've had to put their hands in their pockets. They've had to fund this fight against a rejected option, and it really is not good enough. Councillor Ranger. Yes, thank you, Chairman. Uh, Councillors, um, on past occasions here in this chamber, I've made a plea for members to stop making attacks on the integrity of fellow members and the hard-working officers and staff of our council. <coughs> These attacks have been part of the news media campaign orchestrated by some councillors and some non-elected persons since the local plan inquiry was halted. And we've heard more evidence of that tonight. The culmination of that campaign is the subject of this motion. I've said it before, I will say it again now, and I'll say it every time I'll witness it in the future. Such behaviour is deplorable. Quite rightly, we elected members are held to account every four years by those that matter, the residents of the district, who at election time have the opportunity to judge the outcome of the performance of the council over a wide range of issues. They weigh the outcomes in the balance and put their crosses on the ballot paper. We succeed or we fail by that method of democracy. The people we rely on to implement the policies that are agreed by all of us here in this chamber do not deserve to be castigated by vicious tongues using the local newspapers as their mouthpieces. This motion is a disgrace. It is a further indication of the malicious attempts made by Councillor Mackman to gain popularity and exhibits his inclination to always bend like a reed in the wind, turning to face whichever way he is influenced at the time. He would have you believe that he was thrown out of the Conservative Party because he spoke up against the draft local plan. Bunkum! At every meeting of the local plan working group, you could almost guarantee that someone would query or object to one of the aspects of the topic that was under discussion or review, and it will be no different in the future. The truth is that his membership of a local Conservative group of councillors was suspended because, one, he actively campaigned with the opposition and lobbied fellow Conservative councillors to join him in a vote of no confidence in the then, in the then leader of our council. And two, he continued to issue attacks on the integrity of officers and the staff of our council. He was not pushed, he jumped. When he and I used to car share the journey from Dunmo to here, he used to express his distaste. Is this relevant, Mr Chair? I think this is disgraceful. I'm sorry, This Vic. is relevant. I'm well, sorry. Why is it relevant? It's personal. It's a... No. It's a... Yes. It's a personal, it's a personal attack on a... You have just castigated others for doing it. Vic, I'm sorry. It's a disgrace. I'm sorry. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, can we stop... Oh, well, I'm not being a lady.
because I'm, I'm, you know, I, I could say more. Please? I think it's an absolute disgrace. For some reason, you just said that this council is. With respect, Councillor Lachlan, I'm illustrating just exactly how and where these attacks emanate. But and I don't they care what... They have culminated in a vote of no confidence in the leader of the council. But what that Councillor the... Mackman did in your car is irrelevant. I don't care if he gave you a kiss. Councillor Ranger. When he jumped, he jumped into the arms of war. For what? For reward? We will let you be leader, Keith, seems to have been the message. The carrot on the stick. To go to war for reward seems to be the motive. Not original, is it? We cannot trust this man, councillors. He is lauded by his new companions in arms as a respected and experienced member of the planning committee. Yet only last week, after the inspector had stopped the examination, saying we had to have a much higher number of new houses built in the district, up from a number that we all felt was uncomfortably high anyway, he stated during debate of one application that it should be refused because we had a 6.2 years of building land. Basic schoolboy error. The higher number, which is yet undefined, has to be taken back to 2011, and the recalculation would bring us back to just over five in April next year, and possibly lower. So make no mistake, his judgment in these matters is flawed, and this is by a man who wants us to believe any old figure he wants to throw into the air, be it money spent on a local plan, how much is going to cost over future years, how many houses you could put at Elsenham or anywhere else. Councillors, if this was not so serious, you could hurt yourself laughing. Some of us have been seduced into siding with him, but be very aware, the work on the revisions of the draft local plan are going to be needed anyway. As soon as one plan is in place, you have to work on the next. Perhaps not quite to the intensity we have to on this one, but we cannot tell yet, because the inspector has yet to issue his final statement. Don't forget the Davis Commission will not be finalised for a while. MAG want to develop Stansted Airport to a maximum potential one runway, and the London Stansted Cambridge Consortium work matters a great deal to us. All of those influences will need to be taken into account over the early years of a new plan and reviews will be constantly ongoing. We have budgeted for this. We cannot afford to have a vote of no confidence throwing out two experienced members of the local plan working group. Are for you, you do not speak for me. Uh, uh, Councillor McMahon, I think you're... Are you, were you going to speak? I'll speak very briefly. <laughs> I remember there was a, an attack on somebody in the House of Commons some years back and the response was that it was like being savaged by a dead sheep. So, <laughs> so I'll, I'll take no real notice of what's just being said apart from to uh, echo what Councillor Lachlan said. It's somewhat regrettable and mostly inaccurate. This should not be seen as a personal attack on Councillor Rolfe. As I said earlier on, I've got some sympathy for him because he hasn't been leader... I haven't been please, he hasn't been leader please. for the entire period that the local plan has been under preparation. However, he and Councillor Barker have been members of the local plan working group. And the outcome of that is the plan that was... We can bandy semantics about whether the inspector has rejected it, but he certainly hasn't accepted it. And he's also said...
very clearly that it's too badly flawed to be corrected in six months. And so I would like all the, the um, political groups to appreciate that this isn't a political motion, it's a motion against the leadership. I mean, it's currently held by Councillor Rolfe, but as I say, he's not responsible for the problems that uh, we come across two weeks ago. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Councillor Barker. Thank you, Chairman. Chairman, I think I'll be voting against this motion, actually, surprisingly enough. Um, I assume that Councillor Mackman has put forward this motion of uh, no confidence in the leader, as actually there's no mechanism for putting forward a vote of no confidence in a deputy leader or any other member of this cabinet or any member of this council. Chairman, I am very proud to be a councillor at Uttlesford District Council. I was elected here in 1999 with a very small majority, and maybe not next year, but since then my constituents have returned me three or four times here, and I hope to be re-elected back here in 2015 and to carry on with the local plan. We may not have got it all right. We're not perfect. We're not perfect. We went for what we thought stood the best chance of being accepted and giving our community some certainty about where we were planning in the next few years through to 2031. We have considered so many reports, very ably led by Councillor Jim Ketteridge and Councillor Jackie Cheatham. We have been through reports, we've been through consultations, we've been through an awful lot of public participation. We've considered the ever-increasing demands of central government. Uh, I am saddened that this motion is here today. Three and a half years ago, I knocked on doors in Dunmo with Councillor Mackman. He was the proudest man to be elected as Conservative Councillor for Dunmo. Why, when he decided that he could no longer serve as that, did he not do the honourable thing, like Mark Reckless, Douglas Carswell, and stand down and stand on his own two feet and ask the electorate if they wanted him back again? If they had done that any members over there, then I could respect them for where they now sit. They chose not to do that. I am really saddened we have this in front of us. Each of us, in our own way, contributes to this work of the Council as best we can. We do it to the best of our ability, representing those who elected us in our wards and the Uttlesford community as a whole. Chairman, I will be voting against the motion. Uh, Councillor Howell. Well, thank you, Chairman. I think I've jumped the queue slightly. Um, I have every sympathy for Councillor Mawson and Councillor Parr's um, comments, and I think it should be noted that they have represented their ward with enormous tenacity, uh, and I congratulate them. Um, I also thought I'd never be saying this. Actually, that's very unfair, because I try and, try and, in large part, avoid comments about other individuals unless I can find something positive to say about them, and I, and I do want to pay tribute to their contributions. I never thought I'd say this. But I've come to the conclusion that actually perhaps the Labour Party's policy um, five years ago was the correct one, which was telling councils what their housing numbers should be. It certainly had the merit of making it a great deal easier. Um, we, unfortunately, have had to struggle uh, with the coalition's policy of setting our own housing numbers, and they've added the extra joker which is we then have to get the inspector's consent to that number. So effectively, we are back to where we would have been under the Labour Party, under the last government. Um, and I think it had some merit in simplicity alone. In the same time, we've had to contest with a changing landscape, frequently 
different guidance from government. Five years ago, we had the Secretary of State advocating Elsinore as a new settlement. Three years ago, uh, the change was that we had to go for a dispersal strategy. Uh, we now have an inspector who is indicating that, that, in fact, we should be looking for a new settlement or settlements. I've said in this chamber before, there is no textbook that you can take off the shelf and tell you how to do a local plan. You have to feel your way forward, constantly consulting, taking guidance, seeking the opinion of, of, of experts, and it is extraordinarily difficult. I don't think that any one of us in this chamber actually did identify the core issues that were identified by the inspector. Now, we only know half the story at this stage, so the rest, frankly, is speculation. But he identified two core reasons for rejecting the plan, and one is around housing numbers. And with the, with the greatest respect, in all honesty, I do not remember anyone in this chamber saying that we were not planning for enough houses. Um, I personally said that I thought we were planning for enough houses, many houses as we could get away with, which is not the same. I genuinely do not believe that anyone in this chamber said that we had a duty to cooperate with neighbouring councils. I would believe and understand and respect the I told you so if I'd heard somebody say that. I do not believe, in all honesty, anyone said that we had a responsibility to cooperate with the neighbouring councils on the M11 corridor and effectively be taking their housing, because that is what the inspector has identified in his summary report. We have a responsibility now to effectively take housing from neighbouring councils. Epping Forest, because of um, Greenbelt, is unable to provide for the housing it probably has to, to, to take, or, or deliver rather, and similarly Harlow. So I do not believe that anybody said to us when we debated and decided on 525 houses per annum, that we should be planning for 580 houses. And, and if somebody did, then, then I'll, I'll withdraw that comment. But I do not believe that anyone has the right to say, I told you so on that basis. And similarly, the dispersal strategy, which we adopted four or five years ago, I remember Councillor Dean very eloquently putting that forward. On previous occasions, I have always supported a single site. I, I've always felt that it was the right solution. I took guidance from officers that that would not be accepted, and I accepted the dispersal, accepting the enormous challenges that that represents for every single community across the district. And we have to remind ourselves that Uttlesford is not like Western Australia. And if you're going to put 11,000 houses on Uttlesford, it's going to affect somebody wherever you put it. And while Elsenham and Henham can, I think, probably breathe a sigh of relief, perhaps. There are other communities that face a real challenge as a consequence of this. This is not a victory for local democracy. It is very, very much the reverse. This is the inspector telling us that we have to build yet more housing that we do not want. And my final point would be that anybody who thinks that you can elect a different bunch of councillors and come up with a different solution are, I'm afraid, wrong. You may choose a different group of councillors, and, and I, I, I welcome anybody who wants to get involved in local politics. It's a, largely a miserable experience. <laughs> but what I would point out to you is, once you sit in this room, you will be doing the same things that we are doing. I was not elected 
on a manifesto, and I'm not suggesting I know what Wall's manifesto or the Liberal Democrats' manifesto is going to be, but I was not elected on a manifesto where I would reverse the housing, the inspector's decision. I would reduce the number of housing houses coming to Uttlesford. But if you are elected on that manifesto, you will have a particularly miserable time because that's what you will be doing. You will be introducing houses against the wishes of your electorate and having got the vote in the, in the ballot box to do the opposite to what you will have to do. I think that very eloquently describes the, the, uh, the, the nature of this, uh, this council. As we, are, we are just but a ping-pong ball with uh, uh, being batted, batted between the requirements of governments, inspectors, uh, uh, and we have to find a way through that, I'm afraid. So... Uh, who else have I got? I've got uh, Councillor Kettridge. Thank you, Mr Chairman. Mr Chairman, I don't propose to speak about the local plan in itself because I wish, like many members, to wait until we see the inspector's report before I do to see uh, how much of the plan he actually declares to be sound because um, that is, in fact, what he indicated but what I will address is what I see as the hypocrisy uh, of this motion. We all know that Councillor Dean has been seeking a motion of this nature for some time. But for it to come from someone who really should have been censured for his part in leading this council to financial ruin it is sheer hypocrisy, especially as he, given, given, given all of what you've been saying about this a proposed new committee tonight, Councillor Dean. You were the leader of this council at the start of this process in 2005, 2006. When you set up the Strategic Housing Working Group, which you declared would be conducted under Chatham House rules. And if anybody who doesn't know what Chatham House rules mean, is that it means that the members present can't disclose outside of that meeting what, actually, what anybody actually said. So I think that for you to come up with all of the stuff that you've come up with tonight, playing to the people here that you are some sort of um, councillor of the people, I think you should just remember back to that time when you, you yourself chaired that very meeting when you set up the Strategic Housing Working Group, which is the forerunner of the uh, Local Development Working Group, under Chatham House rules. And, Councillor Dean, you and your colleagues disengaged yourself from the local plan process and have never once, even during the time of your strategic housing working group, have ventured your thoughts on where substantial numbers of houses could be built in order not to have any accountability for such a decision. Let me come to Councillor Matman, who says this is not a personal matter against uh, Councillor Rolfe. Anybody who's read Councillor Dean's blog of late, of which Councillor Mackman is a regular contributor, will know very, very different to that. Councillor Mackman continues to make offensive remarks about both the leader yes, and officers of this council. He also does so on his own party's Facebook, we are the We Are Residents Facebook, although they quickly either delete or edit his offensive remarks. 
However, many of these comments are picked up by the public and saved before they get deleted. Strangely, though, we, our residents, do not bar him from making comments, as they have done with a number of other people who have the temerity to disagree with Councillor Mackman. This must be very embarrassing for them and a rather strange take on democracy and freedom to express opinion. So these discredited people have the temerity to bring this motion against the leader of a council that is at the pinnacle of local government recognition for the efficiency of its services. Uttlesford District Council has featured strongly in just about every national survey or regional poll that has been conducted in recent times, a transformation from the lame duck council that two of the proposers of this motion created. It is unthinkable, and, and, and one of them even spoke a moment ago about squandering taxpayers' money. They squandered the total assets of this, of this council. It is unthinkable that a coalition involving the movers of this motion ever get near to running this council, and I, for one, will not support the motion. Oh, and by the way, everyone here is a resident too. Uh, okay, I have um, four more people that want to speak. Um, <coughs> Councillor Cheatham's next, then. Thank you, Chairman. Well, much of what I was going to say has been said, but I, I will make this comment. Um, putting houses anywhere in this district is very hard. Councillor Lachlan was boasting very clearly about the Liberal Democrat wonderful development at uh, Woodside Park, which is very good. But I'd like to remind her that along with that went over a thousand houses in Takeley, which Takeley didn't want and actually went to the Court of Appeal to fight, along with Birchhanger, who actually didn't want the houses in their park because at that time, Woodlands Park was, uh, not Woodlands Park, um, the developed Forest Hall Park was in Birchhanger. So wherever you are going to introduce houses in this district, you are going to get another war. It's very sad, but... We live, and as Councillor Ketteridge says, we come top of the polls as where people want to live. And one of the things people don't want, they want their house, but they don't actually want a lot more houses. Suggest anything over 20, and they consider it a vast development. We know that because we sit on planning and we read all the applications and the objections that come into us on that, from that, for all those people on that committee. My BlackBerry, which started working for me on Wednesday, I happened to be away, was completely full of um, objections to a particular development which is coming along. And I'm sure every other member of the council has been, has been um, copied in on those emails. So it is a very difficult decision we have to make. And I have great sympathy with Elson and O'Hanna. I've been there. I've done that. That's why I got involved in local politics. We have to make some very difficult decisions, but we are elected as councillors to make difficult decisions for the district. And I totally agree with Councillor Kettage that the government keeps on moving the goalposts. They are saying we have to take more and more houses. And when we started in 2005, I think the number was 3,200, I seem to recall, because this council, which was Liberal Democrat-led at that time, did not actually object to that particular number. 
Myself and I think Councillor Ketteridge and a few others did. And unfortunately, that number's gone up and up and up and up and up. And here we are in 2014 looking at another 10% on top of what we, the number that we actually thought was reasonable to be able to keep the houses that we need, and we do need houses in this district. I talked to people that are second and third generation Saffron Walden, and they say the only way that they will get to have a house in Saffron Walden is if they can get onto the council list and have a rented or a shared equity because they cannot afford to buy houses in this area. We have become very popular and the house prices are large, so we have to build houses. It's not going to be an easy thing. I'm very disappointed that the inspector, and I will wait for his final decision, has thrown out uh, two of the things. He's actually, he, he listed three things because he also listed the, um, the Junction 8 M11 um, uh, roundabout as another reason that he has concerns about. So we need to wait until next week when we will hear exactly what he's going to say. And I hope that there will be enough there to go forward with the plan. But I will not support this motion. I think we have all worked as councillors exceedingly hard. I find it absolutely staggering that Councillor Dean keeps on going on about secret meetings because in 2005 I was also on that committee where we talked under Chatham House rules. And so were members of other parties and we used to say to each other, well, what can we actually say? We can't say anything. And I know I had discussions with people on that, how we dealt with that issue. So to tell us that we have not been transparent, I think is just beggar's belief at times. I will not support this motion, and I think we need to, to move forward. The leader is going, has already indicated he is going to try and make it more open. We have always tried, made it uh, as open as we can, but there are certain things you have to do in councils. And it's the elected members that have to do it. Uh, I have a number of other people that want to speak. I mean, uh, I appreciate this. You know, there's, there's going to be continual differences about the, the plan itself. But this is a motion about confidence. Can we please stick to that uh, to that issue? Uh, I have Councillor Eden next. Uh, thank you, Chairman. And indeed, I'm not going to talk about houses at all. Um, I. Um, Listen to the point that Count Simon Howes made behind me about being a councillor and how after seven and a half years I am not seeking re-election, uh, so hopefully I can be fairly objective. Uh, in that seven and a half years, I've observed the behaviour of all councillors. I've watched them, so I know their strengths and weaknesses, their good points and so forth. Uh, and, and that puts me in a position, I think, to make a couple of simple comments. If you have a vote of no confidence in your leader and your deputy leader, the assumption must be you have another deputy leader and another leader. And I have to say, ladies and gentlemen, I do not see the new prince or the new princess. Uh, therefore, the first problem you have is, if you, if you succeed in a vote of no confidence, we wouldn't have a leader or a deputy leader. Uh, because I don't see them here. Um, that's the first point. So it's a practical issue. The second point is that we have a leader and a deputy leader who are hardworking, who are competent, who are technically aware, they are approachable, they are attempting to address difficult issues. They may not be perfect, but I have to tell you, they're pretty good. And I would say anyone that says to you that we, have, we are deficient in the leadership and the deputy leadership of this council is talking poppycock. Uh, and, and therefore, I, I wouldn't say insulting, I don't want to get derogatory, but I just think that we're wasting an awful lot of time on trying to judge something where it's clearly we have no option but to support our leader and our deputy leader because they're the best we're going to get. 
Thank you. Um, I'm going to take a few more. We have uh, Councillor Perry quickly. I'll try and be quick, Chairman. Thank you very much. Let me say I'm very disappointed in the Council to see the amount of mudslinging that's going on. It shouldn't be. As far as the local plan goes, I'll very quickly say that the public would deal with that in the ballot box. They've got long memories. They'll remember who said what and where. As far as the motion is gone, our leader has said to us he's prepared to engage in openness and transparency and consult and invite other groups in. We have to be united to deal with everything that goes forward. We have to support our leader. I'm sorry. We are being very premature without having the full decision of the inspector and therefore I will not be uh, supporting this motion. Thank you, Councillor Perrick. Uh, Councillor Andrew. It's uh, past Councillor Rose. Thank you very much. Um, I think we have a, a, a silent partner here. Councillor Parry obviously says nothing and has no views on issues. Um, and I think that's symptomatic of her contribution to the Council here. On every single uh, meeting and Council meeting, she says nothing. I have defended Newport. I have put the right of Newport and defended the fact that we need appropriate housing, not any housing. Um, and in fact, the one time that she did attend the local development plan working group, she said nothing. Her views count for nothing. And I think it's insulting that this motion is being put forward. It's divisive. It's not cohesive. And I shall vote against it. Councillor uh, Dean. I want to say why I put my name to this motion and therefore will vote for it. And I, I will say that I did think carefully about it because I accept that um, going forward is essential. Uh, and and we've, we've, got to, we've got to find a way of going forward. And um, it's not just about what's happened in the past. Clearly, the, the massive mistakes have been made. I could answer a lot of points that have been made by people like uh, Councillor Ketteridge, but um, th there is no point. Uh, I talked to him after the meeting if he doesn't understand history. But what um, the, the hesitation I had was going forward, but what has disappointed me tonight, and which has certainly confirmed me in my view uh, for voting for this, is the fact that the leader has refused to accept the proposals that we made earlier in the evening for um, better engagement with the community and I think that's a great disappointment so, so I will certainly vote for this motion. I just want to I'm not going to take very long but I just want to step back to the 4th of September 2007 that was the Environment Committee meeting here <coughs> when the Conservatives pulled out of a bag option 4 for 3,500 houses at Elsnam. That was promoted ever since by Councillor Barker. And, and on that particular, well, at that meeting, I made a statement where I said that decision-making should be based on evidence. And it's quite clear from the, it's now take, it's taken almost eight years for the inspector to tell this council that it's evidence for, for instance, in particular, the fundamental proposal in this local plan for Elsnam is not, was not evidence-based. 
in particular because the roads are no good folks and you can't get there. But what happened uh, later that evening, I got home, I think it was about half past nine, and I decided that there was a relatively new member of the council uh, who had joined the Conservative group. That was Councillor Rolfe. Uh, and, and I thought that he would probably listen to rationale and to things. Anyway, I, I phoned him up, I rang him at home, and I said that something along the lines that I think that the decision that had been made on the 4th of September 2007 Environment Committee had dug a great hole, a deep hole for this council and the sooner it started digging out of it, climbing out of it, the better. But sadly, we're in an even deeper hole than we were then. So sadly, I, I felt that you know, Councillor Rolf didn't get it then and I don't think he gets it now. I don't think much of the Conservative group, sadly, gets it now about the fact that you've really got to do something very different. You threw away an opportunity earlier this evening. And for those reasons, I will vote for this motion. Okay. Um, apparently, Councillor Parry, your, your opportunity to say something, apparently. This is obviously the night... Sorry, Chairman. Um, thank you. This is obviously the night for personal attacks from one side of the room on people on the other side of the room and I'm very disappointed that the council feels that's the way it should operate. I've been to two working group plan group meetings, one of which Councillor Rose was not present at and at the time that I went I wasn't aware as a non-member that I was entitled to talk at the meetings which seems a fair reason not to do so. I don't just stand up and spout whenever I feel like it. What does concern me is that twice now at Cabinet and here tonight, Councillor Rose has stood up and asked, please can you um, tell, promise me that there will be no extra houses for Newport? As a member of the plan working group, I'm surprised he thinks this is how it works, that, that um, someone can stand up and plead for their own um, constituency and expect to get a reasonable answer that, oh no, Newport will be fine. Um, much as I'd love that to be the case... That's not how the plan works. I'm also concerned that Councillor Rolf um, has said that what's needed is to work out where to bolt on the extra houses. That's not what the inspector said at all. It's not about bolting on extra houses. It's about going back to grassroots and taking a look at what's wrong with, all, with it as it is. The, the houses are in the wrong place. Are you going to let me finish? He has said, made a statement saying that um, the extra houses, uh, the, the, what the group must do now is look at and call for sites for the extra houses. Surely the whole lot needs calling for again. It needs going back and looking where the houses are needed, where there's land, and to do the plan properly, not just add on wherever developers come up with sites. The, the inspector's not going to pass that either. So for that reason... I will be supporting Councillor Mackman's motion. It's my motion. Uh, thank you very much for that. I, I, I think <coughs> you've just identified the difficulty that actually this council has. But um, I'm now going to uh, uh, wrap this up and ask uh, Councillor Rolfe 
to speak, please, as I think he's the subject of this motion. Well, thanks very much, Chairman. And uh, I uh, naturally prepared something for this, as my name was on the motion. Uh, then I wasn't going to say it, uh, because most of it had been said. And now I feel I just need to uh, respond to a couple of the points. Uh, I'll repeat what I said. I couldn't say anything about bolting on. Uh, what I said was, you need to go through a process... Uh, and I think we all understand that there will be extra houses and we'll have to determine where those are going to go. Um, and uh, the comment about engagement with the community, I think most of those who know me in this chamber, even some of those at the back and upstairs, will know that engaging with the community runs through my DNA. Uh, it's what I'm about. So uh, I, I'm really not going to take any lessons on that one. Um, what I was going to say, ladies and gentlemen, I will be brief as time is moving on, you've been very patient, uh, that, that whatever our disagreements, um, I sense there is one point that we are all clear about, that, that UDC, uh, our community, will have to find sites for house building. Um, the question clearly remains where. Um, incidentally, only 14% of councils have answered that question in an approved plan since the introduction of the National Planning Policy Framework. The council, as we've heard, submitted its plan in July, uh, and we are aware of what the inspector has said. Uh, I don't uh, intend to get into semantics of who said what. I don't find that terribly productive. But again, my uh, name has been called into... Uh, um, that I have made things up. I was actually there when the inspector presented his first report and I wrote down his comment that much of the plan is sound. I wrote it down. Now, those of you who were there will know that's what he said. So, um, clearly, uh, as we've all said, we await his second, more comprehensive report for greater clarity. As far as numbers, because the two key points, as far as numbers, the, the, the council took account of, account of council's advice, the outcomes of other authorities' local plan examinations, advice from a planning inspector during an informal visit offered as part of the inspectorate's support to local planning authorities preparing plans. And they all came to a similar figure. And as has been said before, there wasn't a great appetite at the time for higher numbers. If anything, people were saying the numbers were too high. Uh, you're all aware that central government demand, uh, the central de government demand for greater numbers gets ever more determined, um, and the inspector referred to market signals and a future SHMA, uh, a strategic housing uh, market assessment, something that obviously uh, wasn't available when the plan was submitted in July. Um, just going to the other point, and I'm, I'm not being defensive, I'm purely quoting fact here. The Highways Impact Assessment commissioned by the County Council from Essex Highways on behalf of the District Council did not say that Elsenham was unsound. The responses to the pre-submission draft plan did not give rise to any objections from the statutory consultees. All were satisfied that their concerns would be addressed provided development at Elsenham was phased in relation to the appropriate infrastructure to support it. And I'm sure those of you who take these matters very seriously will be aware that on October the 10th, the planning practice guidance on transport evidence basis in plan making tightened the requirements and the inspector took account of these. As I say, I'm not being defensive, I'm just laying out some of the actual facts. And there is just a degree of political humbug about Elsenham because I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not going to get into slinging around but a lot of websites uh, have made the suggestion that not, I'm not 
talking about ARL, we don't have a website, uh, a council website, but we certainly didn't comment on it, but other websites were talking about Elsinham as being an ideal place for a single settlement. So this pious stuff tonight uh, that we told you so is a, a shade hypocritical. Um, but uh, this issue is too important uh, to sit around and trade insults over. We learn from the past and we move on. We await the inspector's second report and then lay out the next steps. Now, I'll miss out the next paragraph because I think we've talked ad nauseam what those next steps might be. But I do just want to say, ladies and gentlemen, tonight, that with respect, this motion takes no account of the other work of the council. Council tax has been cut with an unqualified audit. According to the Daily Telegraph, UDC is the second best run council in the country. Uttlesford is top of the Essex Tracker Survey. We have restarted building council houses and helped 97 homeless people and prevented a further 80 from becoming homeless. This council collects 99% of its council tax, empties 3.5 million dustbins, uh, served 130,000 customers, has handled 1,335 planning applications and is now the best rural district to live in the UK, according to a Halifax survey. <laughs> this, council, this, this council does not deserve to have a motion of no confidence. It's an excellent council and I applaud its officers and I very much regret earlier comments uh, to, uh, about people who are not here to defend themselves. Running a council is a serious business. The idea of eight years of progress being thrown on the scrap heap makes you shudder. I oppose the motion. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, um, can I have those that... No. Can I have those that are for the motion, please? Sorry, can I... No. Chair, can I please request a recorded vote? Oh, you can. Then. Thank you. Yes. No. We're done. <laughs> Members again, as I call your name, will you please indicate whether you vote for, against or abstain? And again, I'll repeat your vote for the benefit of the broadcast. Councillor Artis. Against. Councillor Asker. Sorry, Councillor Artis against. Councillor Asker for. Councillor G. Barker. Against. Councillor G. Barker against. Councillor S. Barker. Against. Councillor S. Barker against. Councillor Kent. Councillor Kent for. Councillor Chambers. Against. Councillor Chambers against. Councillor Treatham. Against. Councillor Treatham against. Councillor Davey. Against. Councillor Davey against. Councillor Davies. Against. Councillor Davies against. Councillor Dean. For. Councillor Dean, for. Councillor Eden. Against. Councillor Eden, against. Councillor Evans. For. Councillor Evans, for. Councillor Felton. Against. Councillor Felton, against. Councillor Foley. For. Councillor Foley, for. Councillor Freeman. Against. Councillor Freeman, against. Councillor Godwin. Against. Councillor Godwin, against. Councillor Harris. Against. Councillor Harris, against. Councillor Hicks. Against. Councillor Hicks, against. Councillor Howell. Councillor Howard against. Councillor Jones. Against. Councillor Jones against. Councillor A. Ketteridge. Against. Councillor A. Ketteridge against. Councillor J. Ketteridge. Against. Councillor J. Ketteridge against. Councillor Lemon. Against. Councillor Lemon against. Councillor Lachlan. Four. Councillor Lachlan for. Councillor Mackman. Four. Councillor Mackman for. Councillor Monell. Against. Councillor Monell against. Councillor Mawson. Four. Councillor Mawson for. Councillor Oliver. Councillor Oliver against. Councillor Powell. Four. Councillor Powell for. Councillor Parry. 
Councillor Perry for. Councillor Perry. Against. Councillor Perry against. Councillor Ranger. Against. Councillor Ranger against. Councillor Redfern. Yeah. Councillor Redfern against. Councillor Rich. Against. Councillor Rich against. Councillor Rolfe. Against. Councillor Rolfe against. Councillor Rose. Against. Councillor Rose against. Councillor Sadler. Councillor Sadler against. Councillor Salmon. Councillor Salmon against. Councillor Smith. Councillor Smith against. Councillor Watson. Sorry, Councillor Waters. Councillor Waters against. Councillor Wells. Councillor Wells against. Vote is 10 votes for the motion, 31 against. The motion is defeated. Thank you. The motion, the motion is defeated. Uh, I'd now like to move to item 8, which is matters received from the executive. Can I call Councillor Ch uh, Chambers, please? Thank you, Chairman. I notice nobody's interested in the living wage from the public. They don't seem to be very interested in those who are perhaps not so well off as some of us are. Uh, what a shame it is. No, it's nothing to do with the election. This, is, this, was, this was talked about Cabinet some time ago. Uh, and I have great pleasure in putting forward to you that the, we recommend, and that's the Cabinet does, is requested to recommend to full council that the council agrees to pay the living wage from the 1st of January 2015 and will seek to obtain accreditation with the Living Wage Foundation from that date. Now you will notice in the report there that it does say that it is going to cost somewhere in the region of, I think it was said in here, £8,400. £8,800, but of course uh, the point is that the living wage hadn't actually come out until last month. So when you take that into account and the, the, the new recommendation, it will actually cost the council £9,200 a year. Now I'm very proud for this council to put forward this recommendation and I do hope that you will agree with it unanimously. I so propose, Chairman. Thank you. Do we have a seconder for that? Excellent. Okay. Anybody else? Anybody else to speak? Councillor Ranger. Thank you, Chairman. I just want to make reference to the fact that uh, parties who just voted no confidence in the leader have left when we are debating giving the living wage to some of our employees. Thank you. Okay. Can, can we... 
Can we? I can see you up here. Don't worry. Um, can we have a vote, please? No, this is straightforward. This is straightforward. Um, can we have those in favour, please? Thank you very much. Uh, item 9, matters received, joint arrangements? None, Nothing. Um, committee and working groups, item 10. Chairman, there's a report from the Constitution Working Group. Councillor Menel may wish to say something. Sorry, Chairman, it's getting quite difficult to hear. There's so much rustling as well as papers. Um, you'll see At least the report. you don't have to put up with grunting. Sorry? <laughs> you'll see the report in front of you, and the Constitutional Working Group can't really make any changes at this point, so they will be left to the new council. Um, there was a suggestion that we might have a workshop on before the new council sits, but I don't know whether we're going to have time to timetable that in. But um, I hope you agree with the uh, conclusions that we came to. Are you proposing that we accept the uh, recommendation? Just note. It's a note, is it? Okay. Good. Returning officers' fees, I think, is next. Thank you. Uh, the returning officers' scale of fees is reviewed every four years. Uh, in between those reviews, it's updated by reference to local government salary awards. Under legislation, the council must meet all expenses properly incurred by the returning officer in respect of his own elections. The same principle applies to those expenses incurred in relation to parish elections and those costs are subsequently recharged. There's no requirement for a scale of fees to be fixed, but that's the most common and convenient method of allowing local election costs to be met, and it's what we've all always done here at Uttlesford and is being recommended to you. The fees will, to a great extent, be overtaken by uh, or subsumed into the um, uh, national fees provided for the parliamentary election, and all costs will then be apportioned, but of course the scale, once adopted, will be used for all local elections used during the period from 2015 onwards for the next four years. It's recommended to you, Chairman, and to members that the scale should be adopted as submitted on the append in the appendix uh, attached to the report. And the only change being suggested to you is to incorporate provision for the scale to be applied to neighbourhood planning and other parish referendums. Thank you, Chairman. Thank you very much. Uh, I think there's a recommendation to a proposer and seconder for that, please. Okay, those in favour? Thank you very much. I think the next item is Chairman's urgent items. Um, I don't have anything that's urgent other than to say, despite the various posturing that has taken place tonight, I think actually that all groups are not too far apart in wishing to resolve the issue we have with our uh, local plan. And I would plead people, um, with people, to work together to try and resolve it so that we can get something sorted and stop all this... You know, he said, you said. Please do that. Other than that, I would wish you all a very Merry Christmas.